Welcome back to another episode of Inside the Crazy Ant Farm. Oh my goodness, guys, we have the mega, amazing, epitome of what we want to be producer coming on the show today, the one and only Bradley Gallo. Yeah, super excited about this interview, guys. We, If you're not familiar with him, you know his movies, The Call with Halle Berry, The Road Within with um, Zoe Kravitz. He just acquired the film and television rights to The Green Hornet. Holy oh, shit. Epic. The only superhero not being controlled right now by DC or Marvel. Yeah. Um, we talked to him about all that and exactly. advice for getting into the industry as a producer, if you want a production company or just great. Great advice all around for actors. I mean, this is an interview you guys do not want to miss. We learned a lot. Agreed, agreed. Anybody who's trying to break into the entertainment industry, this is the interview for you. You need to listen to this one and just write some notes down, seriously. Because we did while we were freaking listening to this guy talk. And I mean, this is another guy that talks more than the mouth. That's like three now. I know. I've got to up my game, man. It's crazy. (laughs) It's super crazy, but we hope you guys enjoy the interview. But that will be later on. But now... It's time for the show. Yeah. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Inside the Crazy Ant Farm. Holy moly, we are on episode 105 this 105. Week. So excited. It so is excited. exciting, man. And you guys just noticed we had a little bit of a cold open and some new music. Are y'all pumped? Right. You're probably wondering, like, what the fuck is going on? And yeah, exactly. It's volume three, guys. Whoa, whoa. We wrapped up 104, that two years. This is 105, first episode of of volume three third year yeah man super crazy i mean we cut out some dead weight lost some pounds like feeling healthier feeling good Heck yeah oh my goodness the show is where it needs to be at but we're always keep learning we always learn and i mean things might change each after each episode because it's true we want to try new shit yeah you know we we're gonna throw in some sound effects this week we got you heard the new music maybe we don't even like the music maybe next week we do new music exactly. we don't know by six, seven weeks in on th- year three, maybe we'll have it to where we want it. Yeah. But just bear with us. It's going to be entertaining. You guys will be laughing your asses off over the first six weeks, I guarantee. Of course. It's of be course. Fun. And with it being volume three, oh my goodness, closing out that second year, I'm just super happy to announce that we have all these amazing subscribers that listen to us each and every week. It's we appreciate true. all of you. Um, oh my gosh. So yeah, I'm super excited about the all the subscribers. You guys are so amazing. That applause was for you. Yes, yes. And look, guys, let me tell you, like every week we're seeing a huge increase in listeners for the show. We're seeing a huge increase with people watching the YouTube videos, followers on the social media. It's just but the growth of the the podcast, the listener base of the podcast over the last six, seven months has been huge. Yeah. So thank you. Yeah. I mean, thank Agreed. you. Agreed. And before we get this thing started, we've got to introduce ourselves, of course, your host with the most, myself, the one and only J-Lo Fantastic, and of course, the Mouse. Oh my goodness, we got so much to talk to you guys about, but before that, we got to plug our website, crazyantmedia.com. We've got a website? We've got a website. What? Oh my goodness, you can read our professional bios, you can go over to our merchandise link and start rocking the latest and greatest Crazy Ant Media gear. Oh my goodness, we got hats, shirts, 
Book bags. Well, not yet. But we got totes for <laughs> um, for your groceries. Um, yes. Little mesh bags. Like a bonk bag. That's what yeah, it is. Yeah, it's a bonk bag. Exactly. We're thinking about getting in some underwear, too. That's right. Bonk boxers. Yeah, you guys right? want bonk boxers? Who doesn't? You know you like, do. You, you can you literally do. dress in Crazy Ant gear from head to toe. Right. I mean... I think you should do it. One day. One day. One day. One day. Oh, my goodness. But you guys have seen it all over social media, all over the news. I mean, we're talking about the coronavirus. We, we're we here. We're ready. We're That's recording right. the show today with gloves, guys. That's right. I'm, we have sanitized the entire office. We have sanitized all our gear. We are not touching faces. We are not. Not our own faces. Yeah. Not each other's faces. We will not touch faces. No. Okay. I'm not right. touching you. <laughs> <laughs> no, we will not touch you. But it's, it's crazy, man. It's crazy what it has done for the entertainment industry. And I'm sure people are probably sick and tired of hearing about it. But it's affecting us all. It's affecting our work. It's affecting the entertainment industry, which is our work. But our like day to day jobs. I'm sure you've seen that restaurants have been closed down. Yeah. Schools have been closed down. Yeah. All this crazy shit. The in- economic impact has been absolutely insane. So, uh, but of course, I mean, you know, you guys, we we always kick off the show with industry news, and it's it's all about Corona because yeah. it is hurting the entertainment industry. It is. Big time. Yeah. And the people that is hurting the most are the people that we like to highlight on the show a lot is the below the line crew people mm-hmm. who work job to job, you know, exactly. and these people are like, Oh shit, you know, and so we're going to talk about that a little bit too because we got a lot of A-listers stepping up and taking care of those people, and yeah. uh, so that's good to hear. But yeah, Corona, Corona, Corona. Yeah, be prepared, man. Be prepared. <laughs> I mean, according to reports, Hollywood as a whole could stand to lose around twenty billion dollars. Yeah, twenty billion dollars, and this is just if it went into April like they thought. Yeah, like if it goes beyond April, guys, which now it's looking like it's yeah. going to, it could be even worse than that. Yeah. Twenty billion dollars. They're talking about like July, August. Yeah, twenty twenty is going to be defined by this coronavirus. Yeah, and Disney is expected. Just Disney, guys. Not the the whole industry. Just Disney. Three hundred and fifty thousand dollars a day. They are losing. Yeah. We've got that a little bit later on in the industry news too. They they filed with the SEC about selling some stuff to raise some cash. Well, I, I guess so. When you're losing three hundred and fifty thousand dollars right. a day. But think about it, though. That's what happens when you're Disney because it's – I mean they've shut down productions on TV and movies. They had to shut down the parks, all their st- their Disney stores, all the merchandising, the ad revenue because of ABC and ESPN. So, I mean they're getting hit from so many different angles of yeah. it. You know, It's, it's just <laughs> – All of them, everybody. I mean the coronavirus continues to rapidly spread all across North America. I mean theme parks have been shut down. Broadway went dark studios pulled from their major tent poles for their release calendars for the theatrical releases it's true and virtually all of hollywood movies and television productions have been like halted i know have you have you been to a theater disneyland any of those anybody anybody i mean it's (laughs) like (laughs) it's silent it's it's like that i mean it is crazy y'all and i mean and and they're asking the government for help they're like hey guys we, we, we need some help here. Um, I, they're doing the right thing, though. Yeah. I mean, I, we want to stress that. The government, you know, hopefully they're working on a stimulus package. We've been talking about that, too. So hopefully that gets passed or whatever. But I, I, kudos to the entertainment industry. It's tough. They're losing billions of dollars. But they're, they're worried about the safety of their employees, of themselves, and, the, you know, and they're doing the right thing. So 
Good for them. Yeah. Uh, it, it's hard, but whoo. Yeah, I mean, it's super crazy. Everybody's seen all the multiplexes have been shut down, basically. I mean, tech, uh, ticket sales in North America hit their lowest levels in more than two decades, guys. Yeah. Super crazy. And only one movie, Disney Pixar's Onward, made more than $10 million over this stretch. Yeah. How crazy is that? Uh, I mean, I just – but when you think about it, though, like we're, we're talking about it. Let me – let me move my, my thing here because I don't want to miss any of these things. Um, the major, major movie theaters, guys, Alamo Drafthouse, Cineplex Odeon, Landmark Theaters, Regal Cinemas, Cinemark, AMC, all closed, guys. I mean, these are like the major IMAX, all the IMAX theaters, like everything. You cannot go see a movie. Yeah, and I'm just saying, Regal, let me get that refund. Now, <laughs> one day. One day before they shut down the theaters and yes. said they weren't charging people, I got charged for my unlimited subscription. It's a great service. Not saying it's not, but I want my refund because <laughs> I'm not going to be able to go see I any f- movies. I feel like, though, they've been pretty good. You're going to get your refund. Yeah, I emailed them today. Yeah, so, so I, I feel like, you know, you're going to get it. You're yeah, get I'm, it. I'm just saying. I mean, Regal is pretty good. I yeah, mean, so yeah, exactly. I think you're going to be all right. But if not, you might have a... Flush that twenty bucks down the toilet. I know. <laughs> I'm just saying. I know. I'm just saying. No, Regal, Regal, they gonna do you right. They yeah, do you right. And so. I mean, if, yeah, it's crazy. All the largest theater chains in America have been shut down, like you just said. But I mean, films, feature films, have also been halted. And man, do we got a list for you? Oh my gosh, guys! If you were excited about any film basically coming out between now and the end of April, you're pretty much screwed. Basically, Amazon's Bird of Paradise. Yeah. Disney's The Little Mermaid, the live-action one. Uh, Marvel's Shang-Chi and the Legend of uh, the Rings. I was excited about that. Oh, me too. The Last Duel, Nightmare Alley, Shrunk, which is the reboot of Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, the live-action uh, Peter Pan and Wendy, Disney Plus's Home Alone movie. Flush that one down. The all floor. of the Avatar sequels. All shut down. Production has been shut down on all of these. That's yeah. not it, though. What, it's it's not it. You got MGM's The Samaritan. You got Netflix, Red Notice, The Harder They Fall, Paramount. Red Notice, too, man. That's a big one with Gal Gadot and, it, and The Rock. The Rock and like, Ryan and, Reynolds, and Red, Yeah, right? dude, like, that was a bad one to shut down. And yeah. then, like you said, Paramount, Mission Impossible 7, Oof. you know, old Tom Cruise shut down. Exactly. You got Sony Uncharted, Cinderella, The Man from Toronto, Shrine, uh, The Nightingale. Yeah, The Nightingale. I was that's the first time the Dakota Sist were going to be working together oh, in shit. a film, too. Yeah, so you can... That one's gone. Yep. Um, for how long, too? We don't know. All of these have just been postponed, but there's no dates on... When like, they're coming When back. they're going to pick up production again, right? So, oh, shit. Yeah, Universal, too. Jurassic World Dominion. Mm. Mm. That's a big one. Yeah. Flint Strong, the story of Clarissa T-Rex Shields. And an untitled Billy Eichner romantic comedy. So Universal's losing some. Yeah, they seriously are. And I mean, Warner Brothers is right along with the pack. You got Matrix 4. Everybody was talking about Keanu Reeves coming back. Yep, yep. Um, Untitled Elvis Presley film. That's the one, uh, Baz Luhrmann's film. That's the one Tom Hanks is working on playing uh, Colonel Parker and got the coronavirus. That's right, got the corona in Australia. Uh, The Batman. I know a lot of people are pissed about that one. Yeah, I'm devastated by that Uh, one. Fantastic Beast 3, uh, King Richard. King Richard, that's the uh, Will Smith one, right? The the Serena Sisters movie there. So, Oh, man. I know. Gosh, but that's not it. If the movie was finished, you still ain't going to see it because of all the theaters closed. So get this, guys. Disney has postponed the release of Mulan, uh, New Mutants, and Antlers, and 
just just announced a couple days ago, Black Widow. Black Widow. Now, I want to talk about Black, Black. Widow for a minute, though, because as you guys know, and if you listen to the show, you know, if you're a comic book geek like me, you know, Phase 4 is not just the movies, guys. It's also integrated and woven together with all of the Disney Plus series yeah. coming on. So... Black Widow was supposed to kick that off, but if Black Widow does not hit the release date that it was supposed to, and WandaVision stays on course to go on to Disney Plus when it was supposed to, everything's going to be fucked up, because those are interwoven together and lead into each other, all leading to coming out of the Disney Plus shows and into Doctor Strange. So then what? I don't know, Like, I mean, you're going to be learning shit that you're going to be questioning, like, huh? Because you wouldn't have seen Black Widow yet. Yeah, people are going to be confused. So it's going to be really interesting. I mean, I know a lot of people are petitioning and freaking pulling for Disney to release it on Disney Plus. And I think that might end up being the option because yeah. if you, if otherwise you're going to have to just postpone all of the Disney Plus shows. Yeah. And right now nobody wants that cuz they're looking for stuff to watch. Exactly. So at least with Black Widow. And then if you want to do a re-release in the theaters when you're able to cuz I think that would only be fair for Scarlett Johansson. I agree. But for right now, I don't think it would be a bad idea to release that shit on Disney Plus and kick off Phase 4 on time and not screw up everything else with the show. I think it would be smart as well because you would gain a lot of subscribers just because yes. of that movie. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they're already – they released Frozen too early. Yeah. They're talking – bringing the uh, Rise of Skywalker so all nine Skywalker saga films are going to be available. They're doing all that early. So, yeah. I mean, how many people do you think would sign up to watch Black Widow? A shit oh, ton. fucking a lot. We've got so some like... numbers on that. We, wait until you hear these numbers about Disney Plus and why these people are signing up. Yeah. Woo. I mean, so, yeah, I agree with you. I think it would be a good idea. It's super crazy. But like we said, things – that are already like almost done are almost close to being done universal's uh fear fast and furious 9 has been moved from its may 22nd global uh premiere date to april 9th of 2021 that's a whole year yeah i mean that was like intense like i mean just a few months guys i know this one really pissed me off because this was supposed to be this week if i'm not mistaken i was super excited paramount's a quiet place too fucked up not happening delayed and no new date announced Mm -mm. and it was ready it was supposed to open this week yeah i was just so fucked up about that exactly and even with sony they have shifted its global launch date of peter rabbit 2 that james corden won yep um to august 7th which was set to premiere april 3rd yeah i mean so Another couple of months wait. Uh, Magnolia Pictures is moving their theatrical release of uh, gerrymandering documentary Slay the Dragon from March to April. Now, this was from March 13th to April 3rd. I think it's going to be pushed back even further. I wouldn't be surprised if we see another announcement because we know now it's going past April 3rd. Yeah, I think they're just trying to stay hopeful. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I understand, uh, but shit, man, it really freaking sucks. And I mean, uh, MGM, uh, Eon, and Universal postpone the global release dates of the james bond one no time to die from april 2nd to now april 10th that's no time to die but plenty of time for corona yeah i mean that fucking sucks no it free it postponed to the international easter weekend was promote supposed to be april 10th but now it's november 25th yeah so that one was basically done too i know and i wanted to really see that one i was excited about that craig's last outing as bond yeah it looks so badass exactly i mean 
Disney also confirmed the personal history of David Copperfield's been yeah. moved to, uh, off of its May 8th release date. So guys, if you're if you're seeing the trend here, The Woman in the Window is another one. Um, anything that was supposed to basically be released between March and the end of May has been postponed yeah. as far as movies go. So... Ugh. And and I don't even know how we get into this. I know it's like, so difficult, guys. I mean, be prepared. Yeah, because they're te- what? Are, what is everybody telling you to do right now? They're like, oh no, watch TV, catch up on your shows, right. yeah, c- catch up on the new seasons of this and that. The problem is, guys, that it's also been a fit. production of TV shows has been halted. Also, yep. So you might be able to catch up on the current season, but in a couple of weeks, there's going to be no new episodes. Exactly. Because they halted production. So you'll be all caught up and then no new episodes. Exactly. Which is going to suck because I've heard apparently some of these companies are telling the stars and the crew to that the season's done. Yeah. They're not going to re-pick up production, that they're crazy. just cutting, cutting the season short and yeah. it's going to be done. Which I will say, I was in a panic mode, but I did see the story yesterday for Supernatural fans, don't freak out. Okay, my Supernatural family, don't freak <laughs> out. They have assured they will indeed come back once cleared and finish the season because, as you guys know, it's the final season. It's the send-off. It's the big goodbye, and they were not going to leave the fans hanging like that. So. Yeah, which makes complete sense. Yeah, because what the fuck? That would have been screwed up big time, right? Yeah, if I mean, they would have fuck. fucking just halted and just not come back to that one. That oh would have been super God. fucked People up. People would have been so fucking pissed. Yeah, but I hope you guys are ready for this one. Sit down, grab a cup of or, uh bag of popcorn because this is going to be a long one yeah this is hilarious (laughs) we're going to break it up for you broadcast shows streaming shows cable shows like we're going to try to catch if you're if you watch tv on any platform and you have a favorite you're probably going to be pissed after this segment right but we're going to try to get it to you yeah um you want to take broadcast let's go broadcast first fuck it fuck it uh we got all rise cbs american housewife abc america's got talent nbc america's ninja warrior nbc we got The Amazing Race, CBS, The Bachelor, ABC, The Bachelorette, ABC, Batwoman, uh, The CW, The Blacklist, NBC, Bob Hart, Abajla, uh, yep. CBS. I uh, haven't heard of that one, but all right. Um, the Bold <laughs> and the Beautiful. I know your mom's super pissed yeah, about that one. Yeah, she is not happy about the soap opera. Uh, <laughs> CBS, The Brides, uh, ABC, Bull, CBS, Card Sharks, ABC, uh, Charms, The CW, Chicago Fire, Chicago PD, Chicago Med, all NBC, Claws, TNT, Dynasty, The CW, uh, Empire, which is also on its final season. Which I'm curious because we have not heard an announcement about that. Is Empire done? They're just like, fuck it, the season's over. Because right. Right? this is also their final, yeah. So yeah, I don't know. I mean, we'll see. Got, uh, FBI, FBI's Most Wanted, The Flash, General Hospital, God Friend and Me, The Goldbergs. Grey's Anatomy, mm. um, Jimmy Kimmel Live, Last Man Standing, Law and Order SVU, The Late Late Show with James Corden, uh, Late Night with Seth Meyers, The Late Show with Stephen Colbert, Legacies, Nancy Drew, NCIS, NCIS Los Angeles, NCIS New Orleans, The Neighborhood, New Amsterdam, Next, The Prince is Right, The Resident, Riverdale, Saturday Night Live, Schooled, Seal Team, Supergirl, Supernatural, uh, Superstore, Survivor, SWAT, The Talk, Tonight with Jimmy Fallon, um, The Young and the Restless, which is another one she's pissed oh, about, yeah. uh, and Young Sheldon. Yeah, and God Friended Me and all the NCIS's. My mom is not a happy camper. No. No, she is, she is not a happy camper. Guys, so basically, if you got that, any show on broadcast basically. television is basically yeah. done with production <laughs> and been halted. Um, and I'm th- I know what you're thinking. Well, that's okay. I watch a lot of shows on cable, too. You know, I love my cable channels. Yeah. Well... Atlanta 
Impeachment, American Crime Story, The Bold Type, The Daily Show with Trevor Noah, Euphoria, Fargo, Fear the Walking Dead, Full Frontal with Samantha B, Genius, Aretha, Godmothered, Home and Family, Kennedy, Kevin Can Fuck Himself, Last Week Tonight with John Oliver, Three Out with David Spade, The Oval, Pennyworth, Pose, Queen of the South, Queen Sugar, Real Time with Bill Maher, The Righteous Gemstones, Snowfall, Snowpiercer, Trish Reagan Primetime, The Walking Dead, Watch What Happens Live, and Why, production all <laughs> All halted. gone. Yeah. All gone. Production all done. Oh my goodness, man. It's super crazy. And that's not all. No, because <laughs> what? You, what? You strip to the streamers, right? Yeah. And just whoop. Oh, no. my goodness. Yeah, uh, going to the streamers. Uh, Angeline, uh, Peacock, uh, Man- uh, Animal Kingdom, The Big Shot, Carnival Row, got The Falcon, The Winter Soldier, Ugh. Yes. Uh, The Flight Attendant, uh, For All Mankind, Foundation, Grace and Frankie, The Handmaid's Tale, The Good Fight, uh, Leslie Story, Little America, Loki, Lord Ugh. of the Rings, uh, Lucifer, Ugh. Mankind, The Morning Show, Mythic Quest, uh, Raven's Banquet, yep. uh, The Orville, uh, Pen, fi- Pen 15, Penis, whatever you want to think it is, <laughs> uh, um, Prank Encounters, Russian Doll, uh, Rutherford Falls, Sea, Servants, Sex Slash Life, Sisters, Stranger Things, uh, Tuning Out, The News. Which I was so excited about. We just talked about yeah, that on last, last week's week. show about Stephen Colbert's animated news show and everything. Nope. Nope, just kidding. Not happening. Untitled, Julia Roberts Project, Varsity Blues, WandaVision, uh, The Will of Time, The Witcher. Yeah. And you think you're going to be okay, right? You think, no, I can still turn to Dr. Phil. Dr. Phil will get me through this coronavirus. He's got me. No. No, he does not. Dr. Phil, The Ellen DeGeneres Show, Family Feud, The Kelly Clarkson Show, The Mel Robbins Show, Tamron Hall. And the Wendy Williams show, mm. Gone. all done. Production over. So basically, guys, you're going to be watching a lot of old shows. Yeah. Or seriously, if hopefully everybody kind of follows suit with like Disney and all these, you know, bringing the stuff early to the streamers that you know earlier than planned. Otherwise, I hope you had a favorite show that you liked. Watch all 13 seasons of The Big exactly. Bang Theory or like all the seasons of Friends or something because woo, it's going to be long. Yeah, man. I mean. It really sucks. It really freaking sucks. Yeah, man. And this one, it, look, guys, we're doing it from the home office, right? We're having a good time and everything. All, the biggies are too, y'all. Uh, yeah. uh, among those like employees to work at home, NBC Universal, Viacom CBS, Warner Media, Netflix, Amazon Studios, STX, Creative Artists Agency, ICM Partners, and Paradigm have all ordered their people to stay the fuck home and yeah. work from home. I know a lot of the major um, news broadcasters are too now, like yeah. uh, ABC and like a lot of them, the behind-the-scenes people are working from home. Yeah. So, And, mm. I mean, there's been some huge industry events slash parties, like opening premiere parties, uh, freaking, you got the 31st GLAD Awards, GLAAD yes. Media Awards, you got the Sports Emmy Awards, you got the 2020 Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction ceremony, Quibi's launch party, which was so super exciting. Exactly. I was waiting for that one. Me too. Um, Disney Plus's European launch, and, I mean, you got festivals as well. Yeah, the downtown Los Angeles Film Festival, the Tribeca Film Festival. What the fuck? Mm-hmm. Uh, Coachella, I mean, that one was a big one. Stagecoach, South by Southwest. Uh, I mean, all these festivals, guys, post but Jazz Fest. We just heard that Jazz yeah. Fest was also pushed back till November. So if you were planning on hitting your summer, you know, music festivals, 
Nope. <laughs> exactly. And this is literally going everywhere, guys, from wrestling to UFC, UFC, and WWE. WWE, let's start with that one. Yeah. Uh, it's moved. It's WrestleMania, which is basically the Super Bowl of professional wrestling. Definitely. Uh, it moved it from Tampa, Florida to practice a facility in Orlando. Um, uh, well, on go for the pay-per-view event without an audience. Yeah, without what good is a yeah. WWE wrestling event without a live audience? Like 50% of it is, is the crowd. Li- yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> it's so that's going to be so weird. Exactly. Man. Uh UFC. Yeah. Like you said, UFC Fight Nights set for March 21st, March 28th and April 11th, but it's high profile bout between Tony Ferguson and Khabib Nurmagomedov remains scheduled for April 18th. So yeah. the other one's postponed, but the biggie for April 18th, as of right now, guys, as of right now, still going on on April 18th. Right, so. and I mean, it's led into the Major League Baseball Association uh, has expanded the delay of its opening day, which is, was set to begin March 26th, but the commissioner said March 16th that the date had already been pushed back two weeks and it will be le- delayed further in accordance to the CDC guidelines restricting the event 50 people in that next eight weeks. So Yeah, yeah. Yeah, man. Mm. And golf, the PGA Tour has postponed all of its golf events, including the Masters including and Players Masters. Championship. Fucking crazy. Uh, the Boston Marathon has been moved to September. Yeah. They're not going to run the Boston Marathon on time. I know this next one. So pissed. Yeah. <laughs> so fucking pissed. We know they were going to do it without any uh, crowds. March Madness, it wasn't going to have any audience. But now NCAA has canceled its national yeah. championships, including, including the Big Dance and the Women's Basketball Tournament. Yeah. I'm so, I had my bracket all filled out, bro. I, know. I was good to go. I well, was excited about this. Everybody's going to have a perfect yeah, bracket. Yeah, this I mean, year. the bracket, I was spot on. I'm winning the pool this year. Right. It's going to be great. Like it's going to be. Shit. But, you know, they followed suit. The NBA canceled their season. Makes and, sense. And so, I mean, you knew, I, it, I mean, it only made sense that the NCAA did the same. Yeah, thing. and I mean, now even uh, the Major League Soccer has also suspended the season for yeah. 30 days. Yep. Uh, uh, Hockey League, National Hockey League's done it. This next one, though, guys. The Olympics may be in jeopardy. The fucking Olympics. This would be super crazy if this happens. Yeah. The uh, Greek Olympic Committee said that the traditional Olympic flame lighting ceremony on March 12th will be closed to the public. I mean, this is normally a huge event, guys. This is when they take it, and this is when they start the torch. You you guys know that the torch travels all over the world to wherever the Olympics are going to be held. But it's always lit initially in Greece or in Greece where the first Olympics happen. Well, now it's not even going to be shown to the public, not even going to be public. Public's not even going to be allowed to go. So, um, and like I said, it may be shut down. The the Olympics may be shut down. No words yet. Right now, everybody is still having their athletes ready and prepping. But I mean, guys, like you said, if that happens, whew. like yeah. And then what do you do? Postpone it the whole four years? Right. Like, that's what I'm saying. I mean, I guess you would have to just like eliminate those games. Yeah. Because. I mean, you can't throw it off the schedule. No. Then, it, then it fucks up the Winter Olympics. Everything. And then, I mean, yeah, you can't. Oh, man. I, I, Fuck you, coronavirus. I know. Seriously, it's so fucking shitty. Like, it's ruining our lives, guys. It is. It's seriously ruining our lives. It is. But look, there are a lot of people in our industry that are stand-up 
genuine, decent human beings and who are doing their part to help out as many people as they can that are hurting right now, not just in the industry, but in whole. Um, Several high-profile showrunners, guys. Greg Berlanti, Shonda Rhimes, David Benoit, Julie Pieck, Damon Lindenoff, Lisa Joy, Jonah Nolan. They've all come together and they've uh, formed a relief effort for Hollywood support staffers because, guys... Like we said, the the PAs, the office assistants, the support staff, these are the people that work day to day and like, you know, it, it's the equivalent of a day job or a retail job or, you know, they don't get paid like Uber bucks. No. So they're hurting right now. So these people have all come together. They've got this thing together um, and they're going to be paying the low paid group that often goes overlooked. The Hollywood support staff COVID-19 relief fund, that's a badass name, is. is the brainchild of Pay Up Hollywood, Script Notes, Junior Hollywood Radio and Television Society. And yeah, it aims to help Los Angeles uh, based support staff remain financially stable during the weeks in produ- that the productions have gone dark. Um so they're basically doling out between 450 and 900 bucks to all of these people and their goals to raise about 100 grand to keep them going over the next couple of weeks. That's good cuz so, I mean you don't want these people to go without any money. Like no. I mean the government has been talking about sending out some relief funds literally to every person and every child, but for that time being these people while the sets are cut off like we need to still have like money revenue going to them yeah and it's so funny too because i saw a story just today uh before we were recording that that it guys the low-paid ones aren't the only ones worried when all the movies and tv shows started uh shutting down apparently all the agencies got overwhelmed with phone calls by a-listers saying hey are we still getting paid like, because we're under yeah, contract exactly. and, we, you know, I, I want my 20 million or like whatever. So they just, just were blown away with phone calls about, are we getting paid? So it's not just the, not just the lower staff that are worried about it. No, I mean, it's oh, it's super crazy. Amy Adams and Jennifer Gardner, they have teamed up and um, a social logic, a global children's publishing, education and media company uh, to launch Save With the stories hashtag save with stories uh which will benefit save the children and share our strengths no kids hungry camp which will help all these kids during the coronavirus exactly pandemic exactly they're going to still get their free lunches they're still going to still get all their reading materials and all. i mean scholastic's always been a great company um but kudos to amy Ad- both you know moms both you yeah. know yeah. yeah so they're aware of this and and what's going on and um what's really cool is they're all getting their celebrity friends to share their favorite books yeah you know That's and cool. and stories on instagram i know josh gad has been literally reading a child story every day yeah. going live and reading a child children's yeah. story every day so that's pretty cool i love how entertainers have been doing that as well they've been yeah. going live and either doing live concerts like uh, john legend did the other night yeah. or uh coldplay's lead singer and uh just a whole bunch of people are going live to still give these people the entertainment because basically when we and when and if we get quarantine mandatory for um like the two weeks though that social media is going to be our basically communication right it there. is it, it it is i i mean and trust me i, I mean i don't want to put fear i don't want to put words in people's mouths but i really do think the mandatory quarantine is coming because yeah. people are just not listening and staying inside by the way one of, one of the best ones i've seen though one of the i think the 
the funniest, maybe most entertaining one is our, our previous guest, Catherine McNamara. Yeah. She's doing this little series of videos with her boyfriend, Bob. Oh my goodness. And it's, yeah. you know, those workout dummies <laughs> that you can beat the shit out of, you know, karate and boxing yeah. and all that. Well, that's her boyfriend, Bob. And every day she's been posting what her and her boyfriend, Bob, have been doing during quarantine. And it's like fucking building a treadmill or they're dancing or they're so doing funny. it's Oh my God. It's so fucking funny. If y'all haven't seen those, follow Catherine McNamara and watch those. My uh, my quarantine with Bob, my boyfriend Bob, too fucking funny. Man. Hell yeah, hell yeah! But the this A list couple right here, mm. Ryan Reynolds and Blake Lively, they have announced their Mint Cell phone company is giving free service and new and existing customers uh, the amic the amidst of the coronavirus yes uh, the celebrity power couple announced that they are donating one million dollars nonprofit efforts in canada to help those impacted by this illness yeah because you guys know ryan reynolds is canadian yes so um but yeah kudos to them i mean if you guys don't know and you should because we've talked about this numerous times uh, ryan reynolds and blake bought a cell phone company yeah you know they took out an ad in a newspaper remember during the super bowl they made a big joke about that or whatever so giving away free cell phone service and fuck a million dollars to for the non profits and i mean these guys are straight up i mean awesome people yeah i agree man i'm happy to see all of these celebrities because i mean you know a lot of people feel like once these celebrities hit the big time they turn into assholes and don't care about quote-unquote normal day people well that's not true guys obviously they still care and they're still willing to help because they can't yeah, ex- so. exactly. I mean, they're just normal people like everybody else, exactly. you know, and, and they're worried about it and they want to do their part to help. And I mean, so, yeah, I mean, and I think we're going to see a lot more of that. I yeah. think a lot more people are going to start to do that. Okay, so this is what I was talking about a little earlier. Cause, okay, first of all, there's a rumor out there that Apple is, is like thinking about buying Disney. Not true, guys. That is not true. That is a rumor. That'd be too big. I That'd mean, be monopoly. Type I mean, shit. there was talk. I think too this big. rumor just sparked because in Bob I- Bob Iger's book, he mentioned that if Steve Jobs was still alive, he thought the two would probably have merged by yeah. now. But look, guys, they're they're saying it because Apple's sitting on a shit ton of cash, like yeah. they always have, and Disney is suffering right now with the stock drop and and losing revenue. So they're worried. Oh, they're cash strapped. They they're going to get bought out. But no, Disney has filed a pair of filings with the SEC. This week, they registered plans to raise fresh cash by selling debt securities and notes. Um, and they outlined the risks to their business from the coronavirus. Uh, they basically told the SEC the outbreak of the novel coronavirus, COVID-19, and measures to prevent its spread are affecting our business in a number of ways. We should be considered in connection with investment in the notes. The ultimate significance of the impact of these disruptions, including their extent on our businesses... Adverse impact on our financial and operational results will be dictated by the length of time that such disruptions continue, which will in turn depend on currently unknowable duration of the virus. So Disney is making plans, man. They're raising some cash. They're trying to make sure that they can make their payments on debt and and, and keep things rolling because right now, like we said at the top of the show, dude, they're three hundred and fifty thousand a day. Yeah, they're exactly. losing. So they well, got to be mean, raising some. Once money. they purchased slash bought out fox entertainment 
they took on Fox's debt as well. Yeah. So, so they're I mean, also paying that along with their own. Yeah, and when that debt's structured, guys, you have to hit these payments. You know, you have to pay, make payments on this on this finance debt. And if you miss those payments, you're in all kinds of trouble. So, you know, Disney is doing everything. Bob Iger and now Bob Chappick, they're smart guys. You know, they're, they're going to handle it. They're going to be fine. The mouse will be fine. This is definitely some shit to walk into. It though. is, though. Bob like, Chappick was like, fuck, this is yeah. when this is when you walk away, Bob. Yeah, all right. Like, fuck. I mean, you know, <laughs> that's a good point. Old Bob Chappick is like, fuck you, Bob Iger. Like, right. um, At least he's still there to help. Like, Yeah, shit. right, right. It's like, no, you ain't going anywhere during Corona. Right, like, like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. But guys, not all things are bad for Disney right now. No. And this could help generate. This is why we we're saying release Black Widow, get them on there and everything. Guys, half of all the US internet users with children under the age of 10 in their households have already subscribed to Disney Plus. Smart as fuck. Yeah. Like, especially yeah. since these kids are not going to school. That's so smart. Exactly. I mean, this it, service is. Built, built for younger kids. Exactly. Also, more than four in ten of eighteen to twenty. That's the key demographic, by the way, guys. That's the key demo. All of us are shooting for. That's what we're shooting for with our projects, movies. Yeah. Eighteen to twenty-four guys. Forty-one percent of the eighteen to twenty-four-year-olds say they already have access to the service, and the reason why: Star Wars uh, and Marvel, The Mandalorian, yeah. and all the Marvel series are yeah. the reason they signed up. Makes sense then to release Black Widow and keep all that shit going. Exactly, and I'm, I'll be honest that that was me. That I'm that's really the yeah. only reason I signed up for Disney Plus. Sometimes I'll have a nostalgia moment and like watch all the old uh, Disney movies like out of the vault and shit like that. And we I mean we watched Steamboat Willie because we had never seen it before, and yeah. that's the fucking classic. What built Mickey Mouse? Yeah, the, the first film. Yeah. Exactly. So I mean it's shit like that, but. I'm not watching like the new kid Disney shows. I'm just saying. No. But no. that this is why. But they are super smart with all these younger kids. Yeah, and, and I mean right now they said forty one percent. Half of households with kids under ten and forty one percent of the eight they could increase both those numbers, yeah. I think, if they just release shit early right Especially now. Especially Black Widow. Yeah, yeah like mean, especially fuck, yeah. Black Widow. Especially Black Widow, because we want to keep that shit on track, man. Exactly. I want to see Black Widow go right into WandaVision, into Captain America. I mean, uh, Winter Soldier and, and Falcon, and and just like roll it, man. Agreed. Don't 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 fuck that up. Come no. on, Disney. No, but I mean, with the quarantine, you can watch all the Marvel movies in chronological order. Now you'll have time. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you it, know exactly. Um, hmm. I know this next one's really weird, especially after like a few months ago we reported that she directed a porno. Yes, and now she <laughs> is now she is uh, partnering with Fox. Uh, we're talking about Bella Thorne. Yes, yeah, yeah. A, a former Disney, uh, uh, you know, show guy. What I forget what the name of that yeah, show was. She no was idea. on with Zendaya. Yeah, uh, I mean, you know, one went one way. With the other, I mean, it's okay. Zendaya getting naked on Euphoria and shit. Yeah, but she ain't directing porn. Fair, fair well, enough. I mean, come on. Fair enough. Fair <laughs> but but not, not that there's anything wrong with that Bella Thorne. No. If that's what you're gonna do, no. anyway, she has signed a huge development deal. The the terms weren't disclosed, but apparently it's a rather large chunk of money um, to do scripted and unscripted content with Fox. Um, she joins a growing list of talented people who have not directed porn that we know of. Um, <laughs> Kylie Killen from Halo and Mind Games, Mara Brock Akili from Black Lightning, uh, Jeff Davis, Criminal Minds, Sarah Watson. Um, so a lot of people have signed up. Now, we should clarify. 
while Disney bought all of Fox's content, News Corp still owns Fox Network. Right. So, like, like Disney got all the rights to all the shows that are on Fox Network. They bought all the rights to all the content, but the actual network itself was not part of that deal. Right, like Fox so, News and shit like that. Yeah, right? they still own the Fox Broadcasting Network. So she signed with – because I know what you're thinking. Well, what the fuck? You're talking about she, she directed porn and Disney signed her. But right. But yeah. they don't own the Fox Network. Network, That's yeah. still owned by News Corp. So she signed with them, not Disney. No, it's confusing. It's really weird. But, but we I needed did. to clarify that because yeah. we do not want to put out there in any way, shape. I do not want Bob Iger calling me saying that we said Disney signed a porn director to their thing. We did not say that. I mean, he can call you. That'd be fine. I mean, it would be. I have <laughs> yeah. so many other things to yeah. talk to him about, yeah. but I don't want him to call me for that reason. <laughs> yeah, <that's laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> we didn't say she signed with Fox. Right. Fox. <laughs> Disney's still a family-friendly, you know, those uh, all those households with 10-year-olds. Yeah. I bet somebody at Disney was like, what the fuck, though? Oh, yeah, when I mean, they it, saw this, yeah, they were like, I mean, Come on. This next one, I know. Yeah, uh, let's, let's get into this because I know much like it, it pisses me off. It does, man, and this is not the first time it's happened on this show. Yeah. That, I mean, this show has been like – I don't understand why they are not taking safety precautions, or at least enough safety precautions. Yeah. I mean, a production assistant uh, that was working on Batwoman in Vancouver is currently paralyzed following an accident that happened on set. Yeah. She was apparently, Amanda Smith is her name, she was apparently working on the set uh, when a boom lift bucket was lowered onto her head, Mm. trapping her underneath, uh, serious spinal injuries, and she's been unable to feel anything from the waist down even after the corrective surgery i'd be getting paid i mean i'd be seriously though but remember i mean like you said this is the second time ruby rose herself the main star she got injured pretty seriously and had i mean was at risk for uh paralysis yeah underwent emergency neck surgery thankfully she recovered fully and everything but and then remember on the set of riverdale with uh, uh, AJ Kappa there, or, yeah. um, like when the drive, it, it, the CW has been having some issues they have. With, with their sets, man. Yeah. And they, I mean, they got to get that shit under control. They really do, and uh, it really frustrates me because this is supposed to be their job. Yes, it can be dangerous, but the above the line people, oh well, really anyone who is on the producing side of things and behind the scenes needs to make sure this shit is set up properly, so shit like this does not happen. Yeah, agreed. And we should say, to be fair, the CW is not the only. I mean, remember the, no, the Walking Dead the Walking uh, stuntman Dead died. died. Uh, the the that, the movie, uh, the the person on the movie that, that was being shot in Georgia, or whatever. Yeah. She died on the train tracks or whatever. When that, guys, our point is that a lot of stunt performers have lost their lives and or been seriously injured on sets yeah. of movies and TV shows, and it seems to be happening a lot more frequently. Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah, it's frustrating. Uh, you know, first of all, these people aren't even recognized. Yeah. You know, how many times have we talked about on the show, give them an Oscar category or give them this or that? They're hardly, you wouldn't know their name if you walked by them on the street. You wouldn't know who they were. No. But these people are dying for these productions. And, and I feel like something's got to change, man. Agreed. Something's got to change. What the hell, man? Warner Media and you didn't put it in, you didn't put in Friends? You didn't put in Friends? I'm sorry. I just didn't want to piss you off. I But I, I this just, is why I set I, out all my Friends uh, Funkos right here today. <laughs> all right. Because all right. in memoriam, guys, everybody saw 
that the Friends reunion special is not moving forward due to the coronavirus. That's so right. So this right here, if you're watching the YouTube video, all of the six friends, my Funkos, are right here. <laughs> They'll it, be there for you. They will. They will. It's being postponed. We don't want to scare people. They're not like walking away from it, but we don't know when yeah. it's it's going to happen now. So It's so sad. I mean, you know, Ugh. not even the friends want to like go fuck with the coronavirus. No, I mean, you I know. Mi- I miss my friends. I, I, you watch them. <laughs> Every day, I know it's you can't still. miss them. You can't miss them. It's still, it's not fair. It's not fair. She, he wants Jennifer Aniston, or like, just to be honest, any of them to come on the show. Yeah, seriously. I, I mean, me too. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. Me too. You know, I watched Friends when it was first on. Yeah, yeah. I watched Friends literally when I was a baby. Well, like, <laughs> my mom was like, "Here, watch this instead of cartoons," and I was like, "Okay." And then that's where I fell in love. Yeah, I mean, it's brilliant. Yeah, it's a brilliant show. Seriously. I, I, so we'll have to keep an eye on that. Exactly. When will this reunion happen? Exactly. Speaking of another brilliant show, but is under some controversy right now. Yeah. Uh, when they see us, Emmy nominated or Emmy winning. Yeah. When they see us, uh, you know, Netflix limited series. Uh, the director Ava DuVernay has now been sued by a formal Central Five Park or Central Park Five prosecutor Linda Fairstein uh, for a defamation. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she was played by um, uh, uh, what's her name from? Uh, she's in the College Scandal. Felicity Huffman. Felicity yeah, remember, Huffman. Remember, she did a fantastic job in the movie and everything. Yeah. That's who portrayed that's her. Why. So that's yeah. the character that we're talking about. But um, apparently, real life Linda Fairstein was not happy with the way the film portrayed her. Mm. Um, the suit stems from her portrayal in the film, which she says uh, the four-part series paints her as a racist, unethical villain who was determined to jail innocent children of color at any cost. Uh, It goes on to say that the complaint uh, insists that her depiction in the miniseries is complete fabrication and readily contradicted by evidence in the public record. So... There you go. She's saying that they just made shit up even though this was based on actual fact and true story. She's saying that it's not true. There's public record to say that it's not true. Right. Um, she's seeking damages because she said her prosecutor, uh, pro- prosecutorial career has been damaged uh, by it. And not only is she, so she's seeking damages for it, financial damages for it, but she's seeking a public apology and she wants a disclaimer on the series saying that it's it's fictional in certain aspects. And she wants all of the, her scenes that she said she feels are inaccurate or misrepresent taken out of the film. Uh, nice. So that's that's a lot. And we yeah. should say it's Netflix and Ava DuVernay and the uh, co-writer uh, Attica Locke. All of them have been sued. Wow. Oof. Yeah, Netflix responded uh, saying that Linda Fairstein's frivolous lawsuit is without merit. They intend to vigorously defend when they see us and Ava and Attica um, and all of the incredible team behind the series, and they will fight it hardcore in court. So. Yeah, I would be surprised if the real-life prosecutor wins, just in my opinion, just because it's so popular, Emmy-winning series, and, I mean, it's Netflix. Well, they have money. I, it's going to be interesting because if she indeed does have public record stuff that was altered – 
But the film says that it, it's it's fictional, you know, and that while based on a true story, they didn't take it straight from kind right. of a thing. And my concern is if she does win even just a little chunk of this lawsuit, that's going to set huge precedent for anybody that's trying to make based on a true story movies. Yeah. Because, it, I mean, basically, we've already kind of seen this with – um. Uh, uh, Clint Eastwood's recent one. Yeah, remember where where they said that the reporter wasn't, but she wasn't a slut. She didn't sleep with the FBI yeah. agent. She didn't do this. She didn't do that. So we're already running into this about where portrayals of characters that are misrepresented, if you will. So, um, I mean, I, I don't know, man. I think this would set a huge precedent. Basically, that one was laughed out too and said, "There's nothing. It's it's a movie. Get over it." Kind of a thing. So this could be huge if she wins. I'm I'm with you. I think she won't, but if she did, it could be a lot to go down with future movies yeah man super crazy it's super fucking crazy but the hallmark channel they're trying to bring light to all of this shit that's going down yes. in the world today christmas lights christmas lights <laughs> <laughs> the hallmark channel has set a christmas movie marathon amid the coronavirus outbreak yes. uh, we need a little christmas a special marathon featuring countdown to christmas movies beginning friday March 20th, which is today, uh, uh, through Sunday, yeah. March 22nd. It's a little weekend marathon because yeah. we need a little Christmas. Everybody does. Need a little Christmas. And Hallmark is the the only place to yeah. go when you need a little Christmas. Yeah. I mean, but smart. I mean, they know their niche. They, they know where their target audience is. They yeah. know those people are sitting home right now, probably have their kids home from school and, sure. you know, everything. This is perfect. Yeah. So put on some Christmas movies, Hallmark movies, and that makes everybody happy. Exactly. Boom. So good for them. Exactly. It's the happiest time of the year. And you know what? We have not heard a cancellation of their, uh, their Christmas con thing. Yeah. Not yet. So, not yet. I mean, not yet. I bet their Christmas in July stuff can be like iffy though yeah. at this point. But, um, yeah. So. So hopefully it God if it's still going on by December. Yeah, that would really I fucking mean, suck. No, it'd be it would literally be the walking fucking dead. Literally. I mean, I'd be carrying around my hockey stick and right, I'd, be, yeah, I'd right. just be waiting to like kill people for canned beans exactly. and shit. Like what the fuck? <laughs> put like a knife at the I end. know. I shit. know. It would be great. It, it would, would be. be great. Look, he's already panicking. He's I'm like taking the mic. He's out. like I'm going to shock the shit out of it. It's going to be great. Freaking um, out. All kidding aside though, guys, to wrap this whole thing up cuz it's been a lot of corona. Social distancing. Yeah. It is not that hard. We have social media. You know, if you don't want to get on social media and talk that way, guys, read a book, do a jigsaw puzzle, just something. Or even our top five this week, we're going to give you some ideas about what to do if you're quarantined or isolated or whatever. But guys, you got to take this shit seriously, man, or it's not going to end. Exactly. I exactly. Mean, There's a lot of cases right now that people are actually dying. I mean, young. Yeah, young. young, 40s and and younger. And I mean, so you got to take this. And what's scary is they're coming out with saying that for every 10 that are reported, you know, by, by hospitals and by the media, there's probably another 15 or 20 that have it who haven't been reported yet. Right. So it's, it's a much worse pandemic than what we know already. Yeah. So guys, I mean. And if you do go outside, be smart about it. Exactly. Go find you an isolated track somewhere or, you know, just go out minimal, like run to get the toilet paper, get the fuck back inside. Exactly. Those kind of things. Anyway. Doesn't need to be too crazy, guys. It doesn't. need to be crazy. But anyway, it's time for our Bradley Gallo interview. Oh, my goodness. We teased it at the top of the show. So good. So good. I'm so excited for the up-and-comers to hear this one. I mean, this is what this podcast is about, expressing learning and just basically anything entertainment industry especially if you're trying to break into the entertainment industry this is a need to be listened interview that 
you need to listen to. <laughs> I need to. <laughs> That's perfect. <laughs> I need to listen to interview that you need to listen to. Exactly. All, all, all kidding aside, this guy is brilliant, and his 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 way, his philosophy of life, and how he lives it is spot on. And, and I mean, you guys are going to learn so much from him. I think the key thing that I took away from it is, it, whenever you have as much success as you have, you still haven't made it. Exactly. And you'll find out what we're talking about with that. So. Exactly. Exactly. Well. Here the man himself is, Bradley Gallo. Hey, Bradley, what's going on, man? Hello. I'd like to officially welcome you inside the Crazy Ant Farm. You'll be talking to myself, Logan, and my co-host, Dustin, today. What's up? Hey, Dustin. Hey, man, how's it going? I'm good. You know, uh, my wife uh, is pregnant, and so she's three months in, which is really exciting. Oh, wow. And, Congratulations. Uh, and we got a dog, and... All we need is the house. <laughs> there you, know? you go. Got the picture-perfect family, man. Exactly. Awesome. Get there. Yeah. But um, like I was telling Olivia, and I'm pretty sure you saw, you're kind sure. of the epitome that we want to be. We also have a production company, but we also do this podcast. So we're going to learn a lot about what you do today, and it's going to help us on our journey and where we go with our production company and just so much more. Uh, but what we'd like to do at the beginning of each interview is kind of introduce you to our listeners because we have a lot of mm-hmm. listeners who are uh, trying to also break into the entertainment industry so we like to ask our guests how did you get started in the entertainment industry we see that you have a background in journalism did you always just want to be a writer like how'd you get started man yeah well <laughs> the thing i always try to tell people who are coming up is there is no straight line yeah into this right world at all and when you start looking for it and like i'm just gonna do what he did you're, you're, forget it. It ain't going to happen. Right. Um, so for me, it was, it was, I wanted to be, when I was my fifth grade yearbook shows me wanting to be an actor. Right. And I think a lot of people in this industry feel that way when they're young and you just realize it's creative expression that you're in love with and you just don't know which way that's going to go. And as I was growing up, I, you know, I was kind of getting practical and wanted to be a veterinarian for a while. So, <laughs> and the reason why I wanted to be a veterinarian was because I would read these books, these stories, um, by James Herriot, who is like a fantastic veterinarian writer that um, wrote these great novels. And I fell in love with the stories, but didn't know it was the stories I was falling in love with. So I thought I wanted to be a veterinarian. Right? <laughs> in the end, I, it, it came back to the stories that were, were hooking me. And as I went down the path of saying I wanted to be a filmmaker, I went to college on a traditional route. I was in college to be a vet, so I was in pre-vet. Um, and like about sophomore year, I was, I was just having this anxiety of, of this is not the route. This is not for me. I really need to be in storytelling. And so I started taking those electives, you know, screenplay classes. They happened to have them. They were not ranked in any high end, you know, my university was Penn state, but they didn't have a big ranking film school. Uh-huh. I just taken like whatever there was. And, uh, and then I started to write screenplays in college and, and I was not a good writer, but I was doing it anyway, figuring. And it was during the time that like, you know, Edward, Burns was coming up and you were making movies yeah. at Sunday, $25,000 to make a movie and 35 millimeter. And that was like the big deal. And he did right. black and white or whatever. So I was reading his books and, and getting excited and thinking that I could just write my own screenplay, raise the money, produce the movie, star in it, direct it. And, you know, that was the mindset. So I modeled that and I made this movie that I'm never going to 
let anyone see <laughs> uh, that I, I raised, but I raised one hundred and fifty thousand dollars from wow. doctors, lawyers, friends, family, uh, the typical thing at that time. Getting, giving it in twenty five thousand dollar increments, you know, putting together subscription documents, learning all this on the on the fly. I didn't go to school for it. Never went to film school. Never went to business school. Just kind of trying to figure it out. I'm not smarter than anyone else. Definitely not than your listeners. Um, and I was just a good pitcher. I was a good, I had a lot of energy. So I'd be in the room and I, and I wrote the screenplay about a summer camp in danger being sold. The kids try to save it. I'm like, I can house the crew. I can shoot the film. I can feed them all in one location on this summer camp that I had a connection to. Cause I went to it for like 20 years. Oh, nice. And I looked for the time frame when the summer was over and, and found a slot for like 12 to 18 days and just started to put it together. Honestly, I was writing checks then. There was no, there was no like uh, Venmo. It was right. you were like writing <laughs> checks, and I, and I thought thirty five millimeter was the thing. There was no digital, so it was all about anamorphic lenses, which made no sense. But I did it anyway. Um, and, and I don't know. I was kind of crazy. I feel like when you're young, when you you have a lot of energy, you're in your twenties, and you just you think your ego is huge, and it actually helps propel you. Um, I've been smacked down a few times now, so things have changed, <laughs> but, but, you know, and you just have all this energy and you have all this like almost know-how by like ego and you just push and push and push. And people are excited about that. People get very, um, addicted to that or they feel do. that they want to be in your presence. And when, and when they do that, when you're in front of a lawyer, who's like sitting in his job, like miserable, and he's like, here's, you know, 25,000, what does that mean? But I get to be a part of this movie that this guy's so great. And I think he'll be the next, whatever. That's what, that's sort of what happens. And the movie was terrible, but that's not the point. <laughs> exactly. You know, I didn't know anything. I didn't learn anything. Sorry. I, 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 about like knowing that it's about, I wrote a, a film about 15 year olds. Well, well, you don't know about 15 year olds. 15 year olds don't watch 15 year olds. Eight year olds don't watch 15 year olds. 20 something year olds don't watch. Nobody wants to watch 15 year olds. Right. 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 And, but I, but well, I don't think about marketing. I didn't know any of that stuff. So, um, so that's where I started and I made this movie, got into six film festivals, uh, but they weren't big. They weren't Sundance. They were like, you never heard of them.com festival. <laughs> and, um, and then, you know, I won an award for cinematography, but I wasn't the cinematographer. And, uh, and I, it just sort of led in this way where this company came around and said, we'd like to distribute your film. And I'm like, jump up and down. For right. But yeah. today, if I thought about that company, I would be like, I can't believe I thought that was like, a company. No. <laughs> but no, no way. But then it was amazing. So it ended up getting distribution on like, you know, DVD and, mm -hmm. and, and, you know, whatever they did foreign sales. And we kind of, we kind of, you know, did all right and, you know, made some money back, but not a lot, but it was just one of those things where it was a, it was a step. It was like, I'm, this is for me. How do I keep doing it? And then I wrote another screenplay and it was much better than the next one. But I was September 11th hit kind of like today is oh, hitting. Right. Um, and you couldn't raise money for movies. You couldn't, you could not do anything. And I was out of the house and had rent to pay. And so I kind of had to start over and went to the bottom of television. And at that time, reality TV was blowing up. So I was like an associate producer on a couple of reality TV shows for, for channels that don't even exist anymore. Um, <laughs> And, and, and like was just kind of languishing, you know, working my way up that way, became a field producer, started working for some of those shows that Magical Elves used to make, like Tap Chef and, uh, you know, I don't know, uh, you know, Project Runway, that kind of stuff. Uh -huh. And then I ended up on a reality show called America's Next Producer. You should never watch it. <laughs> um, Everybody's but searching But it's an example now. of like this is going on and nothing 
nothing is nothing is a straight line. Right. I'm on that show. I end up hating reality TV by being on the show, uh. realizing how kind of manipulated it can be in the sense that they put you in unair conditioned rooms or they put you to, they only give you an hour of sleep. They wanted you to fight. They wanted the drama. Right. Right. right? So, and I'm not a drama guy. I'm a put fires out guy. As we know, I'm a producer. So that's kind of my job today. Exactly. But anyway, so I go through this process and then I realize, oh man, I got I, I need to do something that makes sense. That gives me purpose in life. You know, I'm going to go and do the exact opposite. I'm going to go into journalism, mm. right? Journalism, mm. <laughs> right before where it is today. Okay. And, uh, so I get into, so I say, I'm not going to go to journalism. I get into the best school in the country. Still, the ego is still there, right? It's a healthy ego. And, um, and, and so I, you know, long story short, I have this amazing story around how I get into Columbia University, but I get into Columbia University and, uh, it's the number one school in journalism and I do really well. And I, I, I win this fellowship, the CNN Columbia fellowship, and I start working for CNN. I do rotate all their shows for like six months. And then I end up on Anderson Cooper shows and associate producer I'm working there for a bit. And then I have a real epiphany about how journalism is not for me. And the reason why is because it was going all the way left uh-huh. and oh, all yeah. the way right. It was extremely opinionated and it was just not where I saw myself going. Um, and so, you know, the dean of the school came by to check on me because I was doing the fellowship. He's like, what do you think? Uh, and I'm like, he's like, do you want to be that guy? Kind of points to one of the producers. And I'm like, you know what? I really don't. (laughs) So, uh, what am I doing here? So I made a couple of calls to all my connections back in film from back in the day when I was like into it. So this is like a 10 year thing. Mm -hmm. So 10 years ago, I'm like, oh yeah, I was in film. Why did I want to do that? I wrote screenplay. Oh, what happened? September 11th. Oh yeah. Yeah. So I call all these people. I finally hit one guy. His name is Michael Helfant. And he's, he's just leaving Marvel. He's president of Marvel. He's a friend of the family. And I said, you know, I really really want to continue to make movies. I want to go back to making movies. And he's like, well, you can't do that if you live in New York. You really do have to come out to LA. And I was always against that. Right. Uh, I was, you know, this, at this point, I'm 33 when that happens. And so, you know, to all those people out there who are like, I'm in my 30s and I'm, I didn't make it. No, that's not true, right? I still haven't really technically made it. And I'm 42. Um, so, you know, it's a, it's a process. It's a journey. Um, and so at 33, I make that call and long story short, decide to move out and become like a creative executive for him, uh, in his new company. And I start working my way up in that company and now I'm at the place I need to be. I'm, I'm doing the things I always love to do. So you start to thrive very quickly. So I become the head of production and development. I start producing the films with them. And then our first film out the gate for that new company was the call with Halle Berry. Uh-huh. Right, it was a right. huge, huge hit. And so that kind of launches us. And then from there, we were at this company, Troika Pictures. And then eventually, I, um, you know, me and Michael Helfand went off and started our own company called Amazia Entertainment, which I am at right now. And I've been here for nine years. So you get the point that it's not a straight line at all. No, it's kind of like yeah. bobbing and weaving. I compare it to boxing a little bit. You got to find which way you want to go. Yeah. Absolutely. yeah. I, I, I tell you what, the three things really stuck out that, that you mentioned throughout that whole thing, and, and I want to talk about them a little bit. One, ego. I, you say ego, but I, I really do feel like you have to have a little bit of cockiness to, or a little bit of confidence. Call it whatever you want, but you've got to kind of have that edge a little bit to make it in this industry because it's built on rejection. So if you're not cocky, if you're not confident, if you're not going into it with a little bit of an ego, that's it's hard to get through. Like you said, you, you get knocked down a lot, and it's I think it's hard to get through that if you don't have a little bit of an edge like that. And the other thing I want to bring I, up. I agree. 
I agree. Um, you said uh, I was going to jump on that for a second, if you want. Sure. Um, pleasant, pleasant ego is key here, though. There you go. Like I was just in an Uber with a guy who's an actor um, who has a lot of that energy, had a lot of that ego, didn't know who he was in the car with. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Is going on about the industry and how it should work and what it is and how this works. And I was thinking to myself, this guy's actually wrong about everything he's saying right now. But <laughs> he's rolling. He's rolling, and I'm not going to say anything. And it gets to the end of the car ride, and he goes, "So what do you?" do i go i'm a film and television producer and he's like and i just (laughs) want to say most of what you've been saying really isn't true and let me tell you what is and so i started going into that a bit and giving him a bit more advice and hopefully so it's like it's it's how you use that energy and you absolutely need it you absolutely need it and in acting you need it more than ever you have to walk into a room and they're just like ready to say no Uh and you just have to walk in there like you're more confident than they are and they're like why don't we have this guy we have to have this guy you have to project that so you're right about it but you got to be pleasant in the way of doing that and that's not easy and and that leads me to the next thing when you said you're a good pitcher because i think the art of the pitch is a long lost you know skill that a lot of people need to refine um because you you mentioned the enthusiasm and the excitement and and when you make a pitch if you can get somebody like you said the lawyer or something who's miserable at whatever they're doing or may have no idea about the film industry or what it's all about or what but if you can get them excited about it they're going to jump on board and that all comes from your enthusiasm and i think a lot of people nowadays don't know how important the pitch really is it's critical it's the number one thing uh, possible right um and i'll give you an example I did a uh, I did a really cool pilot project about me as sort of like uh, being the it's called Project Pitch there and it was, it was people coming in people coming in and pitching me right and uh, and then like my my response to them kind as I can but like you get to see why they're failing or why they're why it's working or what you need to do and what a good pitch feels like and when you see that and you and you study that you realize that you don't have a lot of time you got to get your most exciting stuff up front. It's got to be sticky. It's got to be that when you leave the room, they can't stop thinking about it. They go to sleep. They wake up. They're like, oh, my God, that, that's really good. How do we – let me read that. Let me let me see what the next step is. You can't bombard them with like a bunch of stuff and then everybody's going to get lost. We're all ADD as it is. We're on our phones every second. Like you got one to three lines that have to be like, wow, that's really intriguing. I kind of want to know what happens next. Send us the script. Right. And then it gets read by like five people before it gets to that person you just pitched, right? So something has to resonate so that that guy is saying, what – happened to that project about X, X, and then, you know, that's kind of how it goes. But pitching is, it's, it's energy, it's enthusiasm, it's pleasantness, it's, it's, I just want to be in the room with, like right now, you guys feel like you just want to keep talking to me all day, right? Definitely. That, <laughs> that's, that feeling is what you, I've got good at over time. And me just saying that is ego. Right. Yeah. Um, but but that's the kind of thing that I want to feel in a room with somebody that I want to be in that. Per- Remember, I want to spend three years on a movie or a television show with somebody. I got to want to be around that person. So uh, can I work with this person? Can find I can find that out in a pitch as they're pitching me. I get a sense of their personality and I can tell you if I want to work with that person. I, I, I've seen Q and A's at, at, at may, I won't name names, but I've been to Q and A's with directors after a fantastic film and they do a Q and A at Sundance. And I'm like, I cannot work with that director <laughs> uh, just from the Q and A. Right. And I will never, and, and they're, they're 
super talented. Everybody wants to work with him. Hasn't made a movie since, and I know why. Uh, there you oh, go. Fair enough, fair enough. Yeah. And you're talking about getting in the room. Um, do you have to necessarily be represented to get in the room, or how do you find your way there? Do you have you know, to find the right it's a, contacts? It's a, it's a really good question. There are the companies that are like, it has to be represented by, you know, don't take unsolicited materials, you know, blah, blah, blah. But I mean, I, when I was young, I, there was something called the Hollywood Creative Directory and it listed every single company, their names, the people, their positions, their addresses, and their phone numbers. That was amazing. And I used to call all like 200 of those before I would take a trip to LA and I would, and I had no representation. And I would just get on the call like they had to meet me. Like there was no way. How do you not even know who I am? You know what I mean? It's like I'd get on that call and be like, this is Bradley Gallo from Real Life Productions. I'm coming into town. I'm going to be there, um, you know, uh, between this date and this date. I, you know, I need to meet with uh, Jimmy Bob and I have this incredible project. It's, it's, it's just, it's a must. And here's what it's about. And I pitch it or whatever real quick. Um, so what time are you guys available? Oh, Thursday. Great. Thursday. At what time? I'm like, I was that guy. Uh-huh. Yeah. Right? And I would do that 200 times wow. and get like five meetings. And get like five meetings. Right. Sure. But the five meetings were like, now I'm talking to, I, I literally got, this is just between you guys. Well, I can't say it's just between you and my <laughs> right. podcast. But, um, but I got into some of the biggest producers. Like, they would blow your mind. <laughs> and and the, assistant, the assistants today are like running studios. You right. know? Exactly. But it's like, you don't know who you're going to meet. Exactly. Well, just take the assistant out. Just take the assistant out. Make the meeting with the assistant. and Because that assistant wants to bring a great project into their boss, right? Absolutely. So, you can't forget about all those things. Getting into the rooms, it doesn't always have to be you're represented. How do I get represented? Right. Stop. That's just you making up a block. Like, you friend of a friend of a friend knows somebody who can get you into a room, and you just get in there, and you kind of hang out, go to a coffee, chat it up, you know, learn what their needs are, bring their needs to them. I don't know how to explain it. It's just it's just constant. It's, it's, the problem is you don't want to be in this business unless you can constantly you know, get up every day and keep doing this until uh-huh. you hit the right thing. That's the problem. A lot of people like get really annoyed and then they just get into this kind of tangent of like, well, I don't know him and he doesn't know him and I'm not represented. Great. That's the attitude. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly right. You know, I, I love everything you just said about that entire run. And I, I think, again, it goes back to the confidence because if you don't believe in yourself, no one else is going to believe in you. So when you pick up that phone, you've got to be that guy. You've got to be the guy say, no, you need to meet with me. You don't understand. How have you not met with me already? I absolutely love that philosophy. You also have to know what you're good at and what you're not good at. Exactly. Remember, that's critical here. So, like, let me give you that example. I was making that movie. I was a writer, director, producer, and star of it, right? Well, it became very clear that I am not the best writer in the world, that mm-hmm. I can act, I can act, but I don't really, I'm not the best actor in the world. I'm not going to be, like, the top of the game. And, you know, I can direct, but, like, I understand it. That's not mean I'm visionary, like, you know, freaking Denny, Christopher Nolan, Denny, you know, like, that's not going to be me. So I don't, I don't want to be a journeyman. I want to be great at what it is that I can do. Right. What it turned out was producing, what, what everything that I was doing was producing. I was putting this project together out of nothing, I, from an idea to a script to a, to a you know, getting a crew together, getting the financing together and putting the whole project together is what the producer does. I get to touch every single part of the process. Yep. Well, if you get to do that, that's, that to me was the home run, right? That's what I liked. So then when I get on the phone, I'm confident because I know I can do that. But if I got on the phone and I was trying to pitch somebody about me as a director, I would be clearly not confident uh-huh. and they would pick up on that energy and I would get rejected off the bat. That I can pick up in seconds. Just people walking in the room, I know whether 
they're confident enough at what they're actually going about to pitch me. Like that's, I got good at that and understanding that. And you have to get good at being realistic with yourself of who you are and what you're good at. And that's what you're supposed to be pushing. Now, you know, if your partner, you're both partners in a production company and one guy's the finance guy and one, cause he's really good at it. And one guy's the creative guy, then you should divvy, divvy the, don't be the creative guy that thinks he's the finance guy. Right. You know what I mean? Like know what you're good at. Right. And, 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 and push that and be honest with each other is another thing. Definitely. Definitely. And I mean, not easy, not easy. Everybody's feelings get hurt. Fuck the feelings. This is exactly. Not feelings exactly. Exactly. This is a business. This is a business. And even like with ourselves, we have three people all together in the company. And, you know, sometimes like lines are kind of have to get intertwined and things like that. So you're saying basically try to stick to your lane as much as possible, but also learn a little bit about the other lanes because you also want to help a little bit in the other ways you can. No, no, of course. Of course. Michael, who's my business partner is very very smart you know mba lawyer the whole nine yards if it's a contract he's in the lead you know? right definitely if it's a if it if it's a financing plan he's in the lead but i'm sitting right next to him i'm learning everything Hell i'm yeah. going Hell through yeah. with him i'm making my input i'm giving him another viewpoint of course but am i in the lead am i taking those calls when we're doing those calls am i the guy who's like talking from 20 years of experience in it no but if we're on the call with the director to talk about the creative vision of a movie you know that's a different story now i'm in the lead and he's there and he's giving his input but he understands you know that 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 i'm going to be the guy who's sitting on set in production talking with and being with and scouting and talking to the production designers and all that so that's my lane you know that's where i excel and i try to make that better and better and better i want to get better at the things i'm not as good at but you just have to be very cool about you know adjusting your ego uh, to not feeling bad if you're not involved in something you know Right. I mean, that's the whole point of teamwork that, you know, you're supposed you, you, you do what you do, let the other people do what they do and you accommodate that, that, you know, what you fill in the blanks. And I think that's what makes teams work. Um, I, I love that, man. I just think your entire philosophy about how you approach things is spot on, man. It's, it's no wonder now talking to you why you've been so successful and, and have had the success that you've had. Um, and you know what I like is that you're still grounded. Yeah, I mean, you literally said at the top of the thing, and I haven't made it yet. And I'm like, even with all the success you've had, right. you're like, no, I still haven't made it yet. And I, I love that, you know, because but I think I might take that. I might take that to the grave. That's that's one of those weird things where you're always trying to better yourself and improve yourself. Absolutely, you because know, people when you... think they step on on that Oscar stage, they won an Oscar and then they're like, Oh, I've made it. Nope. I would still not feel that way. Exactly. Because when you reach that plateau, when you think you've made it, that's it. You're done. Yeah. That's so yeah, I mean, yeah, you don't want to do that. You don't want to ever be done. Yeah. Well, you know what I love about it? I don't feel that I'm that good. And what I like about that is that I can keep striving to be better. Yes. If I was, I don't know what it's like to be a Spielberg who, you know, clearly was one of the best and top of the game at the, at the time that he was. Right. And, and, and so now maybe his movies are to him. It's still learning. He's still thinking like maybe he doesn't think he's that great. Right. So that's, that's, that's why you stay and that's why you keep making movies. It's definitely, it needs to be that bug um, where you don't think you're that great. <laughs> Honestly, uh, yeah, dude, but, I, but you can't get caught up in the in the scenario where everybody else is telling you are great. That's another problem, and that usually happens more in the actor world, and sometimes the directors and the writers too. But like when everybody's saying you're amazing, you're amazing, you're amazing, then sometimes your ego goes the wrong way too. Yep. Um, so you, and then you think you're just so great, it doesn't matter what you touch. And that could hurt you in your creative process, your direction, and your ability to improve, in my opinion. 
I think that happens when people surround themselves the way they do with, uh, you know, a team that's sort of yesing them. Definitely, definitely. You do not need yes men around you because you always need to take that creative criticism and just keep moving forward. Try to make the best possible product that you can put out to the people that can start a conversation, you know? Yeah, agreed, agreed. And I mean, coming from a guy who produces basically everything, film, television, what is more uh, fulfilling for you? I mean, the nine months or eight months on a film set? or the season-long episodics? I would say to you that I am completely miserable right now because I'm not on a set. Um, And that I am the guy who who really enjoys the community of filmmaking. Uh And so I'm I'm a little bit happy if we're in a room and we're talking about development, we're all together and we're going through it. But if I'm not in the community of us putting together a film – uh, I'm usually not happy and everybody knows that about me here. And I could, I would love to just be like two months in, you know, New Orleans making Mr. Right. And then jumping right into two months in North Carolina, making care for what you wish for, and right. then, you know, going on to nine months of a television production. Like I want to be in production all the time and I would like to die in production. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. So that's my passion. And it's because I like bringing all these people together who are incredible artists that are way better than than me at what they do and putting them together to make the best vision of that particular project. I'm going to probably move more towards social impact because I want it to have an effect um, more than just make money. But, you know, a lot of these movies, you have to make money to keep the lights on. And then, you know, from there, if you're making a production about something that matters, like those are usually lower budget and they usually uh, require a lot of painstaking passion. And if you're doing that, you know, you're not going to make a lot of money. So um, I, I, I might not care about I never really did care about making money, which otherwise is another issue that people have when they want to be famous and make a lot of money. That's dangerous in this business because it doesn't really happen. Right, <laughs> right. Um, it, it, it really doesn't. Yes, there are like the ten percent that make a fortune, but most of us don't. We're, we, you know, we're, we're making a nice salary, or we're, we're making enough pro- movies to have some producer fees that sort of get us by, but. I don't even own a house and you would think that I'm super successful. You know, it's just not the way it is. So you have to love it. You really do. Absolutely. You said the key word passion. You have to have a passion for it, man. Um, I want to talk to you too, as a producer, a little bit about the whole impact of, of streamers and, and, and the kind of transition now between, you know, just theatrical and films made for the streamers. And as a producer, what's that been like for you and your career? And what are your thoughts on it? Because like you said, you know, sometimes you want to make impactful films that might not necessarily make money. And maybe that's that right outlet for that is a streamer or, you know, or not. So what are your thoughts on the whole because, you know, I'm sure you, the whole Scorsese thing and Marvel movies and all this kind of stuff. Should it be in a theater? Should it not be in a theater? Blah, blah, blah. What? Give us your thoughts. Well, I love the streamers to death because, you know, it's per single-handedly kept this industry alive. That's number one. Number two, I, I'm frustrated because, I you know, I, I haven't made a movie with a streamer yet, which I'm dying to do. But it's so is everybody, right? It's like the gold rush. Everybody wants to be making movies with the streamers. Um, and, uh, you know, you never really know what they want. They're using, you know, obviously some of them are using algorithms. 
Some of them have different leadership that have different philosophies on how they're going to do it. Um, so Apple might want to do one thing and Amazon wants to do another. Netflix wants to do another. And, right. and by the time you turn around and get them the projects they were asking for, they've changed their philosophy. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe that's even being done on purpose. I have no idea. But I just want to be making the content. So uh, anybody who wants to see it, how goes, I'm good. But I know what you're asking. And I always keep saying when people ask me that question that the future of the business is going to be that the theatrical movies are going to be event theatrical, the way you think of a Broadway show. Uh-huh. You go to a Broadway show, it's a major event, it's Hamilton, and you pay $250 for that ticket. I'm not saying you're going to pay that for a movie, but if it's a huge event and it's, you know, marvelly or it's something dramatic, massive war, Spielberg film, I'm making that up, you're going to pay, you know, 40, 50 bucks right. uh, to go to it. And that's how they're going to be able to sustain it if they do that. Otherwise, they have to do variable pricing where you say my little independent film is only $6 and the big Marvel movie is $40. And right. they've, they've resisted that for 100 million years. But that's another model that could work because um, they've done the, the, the surveys on it and, it, and it, it's something that would work. But they I don't know. They, there's politics involved, right? But on the streamer side, the problem with the streamers is that you make a movie. It's really good. And nobody sees it because it's not on the front page. Mm-hmm. They have to search for it, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Or they have to hear about it. So when Mr. Right, which I made with Sam Rockwell and Anna Kendrick, uh, finally hit Netflix, Netflix did like this huge promotion. It was like on the front page. So everybody knew about it. It was number six on, on, you know, on the week or the day or whatever it is. And that's because they were putting it right up front when you, when you sign in. Right. Um, so, so it becomes like this battle for how does anyone find it? Mm-hmm. Uh, unless it's going to be one of their top three shows that year or they're, you know, Apple's doing one big movie event a month. So it's like, that's going to be promoted. That makes sense to me. That's awesome. Right. Uh, so, so, I mean, I don't know if I'm answering your question. I'm just giving you insight as it moves so quickly and things are constantly, right. the, the streamers, the streamers are a good thing because there's such a massive need for content. Uh-huh. Um, but, but I always worry about like, what happens if the stocks drop so dramatically and this, because that's how the streamers are, you know, buoyed by all this money, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and they don't need, they can't take as much content or they don't need as much content. Or people just, millennials just decide, you know, I'm done with these subscriptions and I'm going to read books. I'm making that up. There's always a chance <laughs> that, there, that there's a reason to, to cancel, right? There's, you know, everybody's worried that Disney's going to come along. You get Disney plus Hulu plus um, you know, ESPN and you're like, man, you know that they're going to keep raising that price. So if it's 1299 now, when it's 2499, do I then have to drop Netflix, you know, and Netflix has to keep making amazing content so that people don't drop them. The whole fear for streamers is people dropping them. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, like I'm, I, I am currently a customer of Apple because I did the seven day fr- uh, trial and then it's still hitting me at nine ninety nine a month. I liked, uh, you know, the morning show and I liked uh servant and but if the next two shows come on and I don't like, do I stay with it? Do I keep it? Can I handle all these nine ninety nines? And now it's like three hundred dollars a month. You know, people are going to start middle class Americans are going to have to figure this out. Yep, you know, yep. so it's a it's a big it's a big big gold rush right now. Um, nobody knows where it's going to go. But anytime there's a need for content, we as producers are happy. 
Absolutely. Definitely. And something that is also just right along the trail of that gold rush is social media. What do you think about that? I mean, I feel like we've had some guests on the show. Remember, I'm 42. Did you guys hear the part where I said I was 42? (laughs) Heard that. Heard it. We've actually had some guests come on the show and say when they go into an audition, they get asked about their social media numbers. Do you think you would ever do that in a casting call or a casting audition? Or, like, is it that important to you? It's a great question. And... I would have to say that social media is important, but it is not the end all be all. Like mm. I'm not casting someone because they have five million followers, right. but I like that they ha- I like that they have five <laughs> yeah, million I like followers. That. But I know that it doesn't work. Like I can't have like uh, a movie where um, you know the actor is got twenty million followers and he promotes the movie on that day or that night or throughout the week. It doesn't really move the needle that much. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we all know that now, but it doesn't hurt. So it's, it's sort of a middle ground. There was a time where they were trying to make movies with all influencers and they were just putting all these influencers and it didn't work. Right. There's times where an actor might only want to do like they, they know their importance of their 20 million followers. So they're like, you know, I'm just going to agree in my contract to do one before the premiere, the day of the premiere and the day after, you know what I mean? Like they, they can control it. So if they're not pounding it, for weeks on end, it's not, it's not going to be the equivalent of me putting a weeks on end of posters and massive, you know, billboards and commercials. That's still going to kill. What really works now is really small, interesting viral ideas. Like if there's a viral marketing campaign, like legendary did something that was really interesting when they were doing Pokemon, um, Pikachu, I think uh-huh. it was called. Um, they, they had like this, this thing where Ryan Reynolds, um, uh, Twitter was hacked or something. And, uh, and, and it got, they got, they got a copy of the movie. And, and, and so everybody thought the movie was like leaked Ill- illegally online. And so then they went to the, to that, that video, they clicked on it and it was, it was like the first scene of the movie. And then it was just the Pokemon for two and a half hours dance. <laughs> oh, right? And so, but it was like, it was massive. It worked. It was, it was a great idea. Like those types of things will be very helpful in the social media land. It's here to stay. It's not going anywhere. There'll be different versions of it. TikTok this and TikTok right. that. Right? <laughs> but, um, but, but I don't, I don't, I don't make a decision on casting because of it. It's just a nice added bonus, but the same added bonus this day and age could be a diverse actor. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? Because that's where a lot of the industry is focused and I get it. Um, but, uh, you, you, there's all kinds of qualities of thoughts and, and then acting talent and then like fitting the role and what does the director thinks, all these things go into one big, like, does it work? And what they're worth is another huge thing. Like sometimes uh, is this going to work for foreign? Is this foreign sales? Uh, you know, am I going to get uh, value out of, you know, having these three actors in the movie? Um, it matters for the budget of the movie. Definitely, definitely. And how important is IMDb for you guys? We would definitely use it. I mean, I'm an IMD Pro subscriber, right? Yeah. So um, if, if anybody asks me a question, I'm like, oh, I need to check out who the agent is, mm-hmm. who, the, who this person is. Do I care? You mean in the IMDb meter? Right, Again, yeah, the star meter, yeah. Yeah, but you know, if somebody dies and they're number one on the meter. That's true, So that's like, true. what does that mean? Yeah. Uh, so, no, I mean, we look at it, but we don't really judge on it. It right. is nice when you're like, when Rebecca Ferguson got cast in like Bond and you were like, she's number one, who the heck is Rebecca Ferguson? Right. <laughs> I think it's more helpful to the actor of like who the heck is uh-huh. than it is about like, oh, they're number one on the newbie, let me, let me cast them in this movie. I, I really don't think... 
that matters. Although I do get really annoyed when mine goes from like 40,000 to 90,000. Right. Right. Yeah, right. <laughs> Same here. Well, and yeah. it's kind of replaced the, the, like the book you were talking about earlier, you know, where you could just go through and get 200 numbers for everybody to call. If you have IMDb example. pro, it's like, that's where you go. Now you can get publicists, that agents, is it. right? You know, so good to have, right? Good tool to have. Oh, it's a great tool. I'm for the tool. I just don't, if it was about the media queue of like the movie meters, right. and stuff, that doesn't matter. Gotcha. Nobody cares. What, what would you say is the most difficult aspect of producing in today's landscape? Financing. Everybody will tell you it's financing. Like if you're doing it from an independent scenario and you've got to raise your money, mm-hmm. that's the hardest part of the process. Mm. Um, the second hardest part of the process is getting cast to actually commit and attach to your project. But like if you have the financing and you, you know, and it's a really great script, I'm just assuming that if you're a good producer, you have a really great script, right? I'm assuming you're, if you're a really good producer, you're going to get a good director. So like the two things that a really great producer versus another really great producer, the, the problem would be is like who can get the financing and who can get the cast. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you have significant relationships is where age is better than youth sometimes is because, you know, they have significant relationships with cast and they can make a phone call to The Rock and be like, what do you think of this? We should do this together. You know, that's a different game, right? Than having to go to the agents and waiting for them and their 12 other offers for The Rock, um, which is Twain Johnson, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that guy. For, um, for anybody over uh, 40, right? Like, it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess, I guess I age myself in my conversations. But no, but the point I'm making is like casting is really, really important mm-hmm. um, and financing. Those are the two that I struggle with the most if I had to go from my perspective. How do I get a cast? So they read the script. They love it. They want to do it, right? And they're in the next this. And one's right. the time frame. And how do I lock them down? And then I wait eight months for that cast member. And then they, she goes and does another film. And, and because Spielberg called, right? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. these are the these are the complicated uh, parts of producing. Like I, whatever goes wrong in the actual making of the movie, I just know my skill set. I'll get around it. I'll fix it. I'll figure it out. The things that I can't guarantee are financing and casting. Mm. So how important then is networking? Talk about networking for a little bit because I, I just – like like you just said, it's so much easier if you can just pick up the phone and call Dwayne say, hey, come on, man, get in the – as opposed to having to go through the route. So how important do you think networking is for people? It's super important, but everybody knows that. What I think the skill is is the networking after making the movie. And what I mean by that is the relationships you make on the films – um, with 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 significant talent like production designers, costume designers, etc., mm-hmm. um, and the cast. You know, if you can, if you're if you if you're driving with someone, I mean, look, you're not going to drive with every cast member, and they're not going to drive with you. Right. And so, like, but every movie, there's like one or two cast members that I get really friendly with and close with because we're we're in the trenches together, and we really like each other, and it's it's a wonderful experience. Like uh, a perfect example is Lewis Pullman, Bill Pullman's son. Love him to death. You know, I you know he wants my uh, my wife is having a baby and he's like oh, I want to be uncle you know that's 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 but that's because we we bonded right, right. Uh, doesn't mean I bond with everybody. I really liked me and Riza got really close on Mr. Right. Like that's that, you know, uh, there's a costume designer that I think is fantastic. I want in every film. There's a DP that I love to death. There's directors that I, I, I'm going on vacation with one of my directors, you know, like that is because it's organically, we're really good friends. Right. 
but it's not going to happen to every single person. But if you treat people right, you do things right, they want to work with you again. You know, I got another movie with the writer of the call. I got another movie. Like, that's what you have to do. Um, it's more important after than, it, you know, obviously it's very important all the time. Right. But um, But I would say, like, networking is the skill that it took a long time for me to understand. And my biggest regret was not moving to LA sooner because I moved at 33 and anybody who was here from 20 to 33 had already came up as assistants and friends and they're all working in companies. They know everybody or they were born and raised here and, and then in the business and they went to high school with them. Like there's a lot of that interconnectedness that I did not build until starting. I've done now for the past 10 years and I'm still behind the eight ball. Mm-hmm. So networking is critical um, when you think of it that way. I do, I do like the, the whole maintaining the relationship afterwards. Yeah. Though. yeah, great advice. Great advice. Seriously. And I mean, yes. you, you're talking about how L.A. is basically the entertainment mecca of the world, which it is. But what do you think about like Atlanta and Vancouver? Are they starting to make I, I, some I headway? Make a, no, they're great. They're great. You know, the Hollywood of the South used to be Louisiana for New Orleans. Right. Now it's really obviously Georgia. Um, I would say that I, I make that ploy to directors and writers, so, not directors, sorry, actors and writers all the time. I'm going to give you another great example. The security guard in this movie, Care for What You Wish For, um, was so fan- – he was fantastic. He was a local North Carolinian actor, and we needed to do that because we were looking for actors that were local to, to help us with the tax credit. Uh-huh. So a lot of times you know, we have to employ as much talent, whether it's behind the camera or the actors themselves, as local actors because it matters for the tax credit. Well, he gets the, he gets, he's really good. He plays the security guard, and then they, a, a television show comes to town in North Carolina called The Ozarks. You know it, you know, very good oh, yeah. show on Netflix. Yes. Um, I love the show to death. And now he's the real estate agent on every single episode that, you know, they use his character That's awesome. um, for that show. And that, I, so I do tell actors, like, you can be one of 90,000 actors in New York or 180,000 actors in LA that are really good. Or you can go to Georgia and be like one of a hundred. You know what I mean? Right. Like, right. So it's it's like if you're a local in Georgia and Atlanta, and I'm you know making the numbers up, but like you're you're much more available and sort of known by all the casting directors in the local casting of Georgia. And so when a movie comes to town or a television show comes to town, they're going to want to bring in the people who are actually good. Definitely. And so they're going to always bring you in and you're way, you don't have to deal with 90,000 good people. Yep. Yep. So like, I definitely suggest that. And if there's a big, you know, writing vocal tax credit thing, then you know, by being in Georgia, then, then they go to the writers that are in Georgia. You know what I mean? Like, that's huge in, in terms of other places. Vancouver is also massive, you know, and of course Canada has huge tax credits. So if you're a Canadian director or writer, you know, you definitely want want to stay in Canada and work in either Vancouver, Toronto, Montreal, Ottawa is a big place now. Um, so you, yeah, that's very good and, and a great way to distinguish yourself outside of the LA thing. I'm talking from a producer standpoint. Right. From a producer standpoint, you need to be in LA because all the decisions to make those shows in Vancouver are made here, right? So as a producer, I got to be pitching all around town all the time and I have to be in front of people. 
to do that. It's a much different as a creative. Oh, absolutely. That is, again, solid, solid advice for anybody trying to get in. Because we had a guest a couple of weeks ago, an actor who, who's been around for quite a time, and he said almost the exact same thing. You, you are more than capable of being a star where you are, was the way he termed it. Um, but yeah. I can totally see the difference in, in the producer standpoint of that, because as, as we talked about earlier in the show, you got to get in the room. And unfortunately, the room is in L.A. That's where all the decisions are made. So They are. They are made. Nobody's going to spend $100 million on a TV show and make that decision from you know Timbuktu, Oklahoma. It's, right. it's, it's definitely made here to go to Oklahoma because the state provides a tremendous amount of great services and at the same time has a great tax credit or whatever it is. You know, I'm, again, making that up. Oh, no, tax credits are extremely important nowadays. We, <laughs> let's be honest about it. A lot yeah, of decisions I, I, are made I because made of one, that, right? I made, one, I made two movies in L.A., two. You know, I made the call because we got the tax credit and the road within was Zoe Kravitz because we, um, it was such a low budget that we knew we would get the stars, uh, uh, to be in the film because they were going home to their own bed, Mm -hmm. you know? And so that we, we made both of those work in LA, everything else, Ohio, New Orleans, North Carolina, wherever the tax credit is. Canada, Florida, you know, you get the idea. Well, first of all, The Road Within, I'm so glad you brought it up. My daughter introduced me to that film, and I fucking loved it. Um, (laughs) It's really what got me hooked on Zoe Kravitz, honestly. I had not really seen her before. She was great in that film. Yeah, and the whole whole film was just phenomenal. She's like, you got to watch this, you got to watch this. So, well done, sir. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, thank you. I mean, you should go see, I mean, that's a very heartwarming movie. That was a, I read that, that's actually a German film that we re-made for America. Mm. The German film's amazing. The writer is an amazing writer, Gren Wells, and she did a great job adapting it. And I was so proud of making a movie like that. That's a perfect example of a movie that means something to people, that right. has heart, that, that that can connect on so many levels with people who have OCD, people who have anorexia, people who have Tourette's. Um, and so I think we did our job right. And we, you know, of course it didn't make a lot of money. And what I didn't, again, a learning experience, you know, he uses the C word like 80 times in that movie. Oh yeah. And that immediately <laughs> eliminates, that immediately eliminates all of the television deals. Right. And I didn't, you know, we didn't think that way. You can't change it. It was just a really hard financial movie for us because we, we were limited in where we can show that movie. Yeah. Um, but it's fantastically, uh, done for a budget. It's so low. We just recently did a new movie that's out on, it's now on Showtime. It's called Them That Follow. And uh, that has seven awesome cast members, including Olivia Coleman, who eventually won the Oscar after right, the movie. Right, right. The queen, actually, the current queen. Actually, <laughs> yes. It's yes. her first American movie, her first SAG movie. Um, and we, uh, we're really proud of that movie and had, you know, first time filmmakers. Uh, Britt Poulton and Dan Savage. They wrote the screenplay together, gave them their first shot, made the movie for $1.3 million. Got Jim Gaffigan and Caitlin Deaver, who couldn't be any bigger right now. Oh, what? Uh, she's phenomenal, from, yeah. She's in it, and Lewis Pullman, who I was telling you about before, and Thomas Mann, and um, you know Alice Engler is the star, and she's Jane Campion's daughter, but she's also a fantastic actress who crushed it on uh, on a lot of television shows like Top of the Lake and now Nurse Ratchet that's coming out. Mm. I just love her to death and she's she she star is born watching them that follow with her. Wow. Well, congratulations. Seriously. I don't want to forget Walton Goggins was amazing too and he's oh, the yeah. preacher. You know, he he he's I mean, talk about having a moment. 
This man is one of the best actors that's un, that should win an Oscar already. Oh, you know what agreed, I mean? agreed. Amazing. I'm excited to talk about uh, The Green Hornet. Congratulations on getting the rights to that. Yeah, thank you so much. Really, really uh, impressive moment for us and uh, super needed right now because this is a uh, franchise property that's outside of the studio system, you know? Agreed. Marvel, DC, and all these guys, you know, have everything. And so when you can get one... Um, it's very special. So we have a very awesome relationship with the family and they have been so kind and so understanding about how we're going to do uh, right by them and the property. And uh, I think that's why we were able to get it. And so it's awesome. So, so anyway, lots going on. Yeah, man. And that was, that's where we were leading. So what you have coming up, what you got going on. Um, so talk about it a little bit though. We, what we like to do is, and you've done this throughout the whole interview, but just to kind of narrow it down a little bit, because what pitfalls would you say for people trying to get into the industry, especially on the producing side, uh, would you say to avoid or look out for? And then what, on the flip side of that, what advice would you give for people other than just coming to LA, what would be the key piece of advice that you would give uh, along with the pitfalls? As a producer or just in general? Uh, Well, I I tell you, as a producer, because I think you've you've talked really heavily about the producing aspect, and I think it's been a really interesting conversation, and I think people definitely want to know about that. Yeah, the pitfalls, it's a very hard question to answer, so I only can just sort of tell you what I sort of run up against a lot. Sure. Um, I think the biggest pitfall you can have is is not recognizing when the town doesn't want your film or the town doesn't want your show or it's not the right timing. Like if you love it that much, put it on the shelf till the next season and start working on something that the town needs or wants because you can get very, a lot of these projects, like I've had projects for 10 years um, that are on my board, you know, that are just never this, you know, sometimes it's hard to give up, hard to give up. It's something we really believe in and we know it would work and, 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 but the town doesn't want it right now. So it's like, keep it on the board. You know, you never know what's going to come through, but get working on stuff that's going to work, get making the stuff, you know, don't, don't get caught up in like, this is the one that's going to make it. And I know it, I'm just going to fight till the death on this one project, make multiple projects. The other pitfall people have is they make one, it works, it becomes great. And they don't have anything after that. They don't, they don't have another screenplay to go. They don't have another five different possibilities that they can get going and, and ride the wave of that momentum. You know, when we made the call, we immediately made careful you wish for in the road within, like ride the momentum um, because it's going to come maybe once and you're going to be like, oh, I don't know. I really wanted to do this one next or that one next. Like what? Just go, 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 go. It's okay if you have three or four that don't work, like just keep making them. Nobody's got a perfect, uh, flawless career. That's just not possible. Um, but sitting there paralyzed is the biggest pitfall. I think. Um, and then on the positive end, what is the good, you know, what's the advice? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I would say uh, the advice is I think the industry needs uh, so much content that you're not, that you're, you're, you're not going to be out of a job. Uh, but your advice, the advice is find a niche and crush that niche first and then do the other things that you might have wanted to do. Uh, what I mean by that is like what would happen to Blumhouse, right? It's like find that niche 
is it are you uh, uh, going to be the home run horror director or writer or producer are you the home run um sundance type of producer you know what is your niche that you can sort of that everybody can kind of put you in i know that people always say avoid it i say don't because if you get really successful at it like blumhouse did then he gets to make whiplash right. which has nothing to do with horror film right because he has power in the industry to do that but you, 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 if you do like a bunch of things, like kind of that's what we've done. We've done a bunch of different things. I don't think that was the, the, very helpful. You know, I, I think that stalled us a bit sometimes. I would have liked to have just, you know, ran with it and became, let's say, the thriller company because we made the call and just make thriller, 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 and then everybody comes to us for thrillers, right? And then expand out. We were just doing what we loved each and every time. And if you're trying to break in, I say crush a niche. And I only say that now more than ever is because that's kind of how the streamers are going, right? Absolutely. They have these buckets. They have all these buckets. So wouldn't you want to be the guy that they do 10 of those buckets with? Like, and they're just like, we're going to do a 10-picture deal with you, and you just keep giving us you know, every single romantic comedy like Adam Sandler. You know, I'm making that up. But like, he's got his niche, right? It's right. working. And he gets to work on any platform. And when, when Sony was done with his deal, now he has a deal with Netflix. Like, what's, your, what's the one you can crush, and then later you can do, like in his case, Uncat Gems, mm-hmm. right? Such a great film, by the way. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, my my favorite film of the year. Was so happy to be at Indie Spirit Awards to see him win and to uh, actually see the movie the Safdie brothers win theirs. And their speeches were incredible. If you haven't seen Adam Sandler's speech and the Safdie brothers' speech, you need to see that after this call. Definitely, I'm gonna look it up. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> but anyway, man, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to just come on the show and get a little crazy with us. Talk about your whole career because. I'm Honestly, like it, we've learned so much just from this conversation and we're going to take it with us wherever we go for our production company. So we really appreciate you, man. Yeah. And if you have any questions after this or if there's, you know, Q&As, you want me to do a Q&A little blog for your podcast webpage, I'll do it. I love the Q&As the most. Like my favorite thing in the world is to be up in front of a crowd and then just raising their hand and asking questions. I just love answering off the cuff. So I'm always available if there's something that comes up that makes sense for you guys. Dude, definitely. We will definitely reach back out for that. We were just talking about implementing some Q&As with the guests. So that'll be fantastic, man. There you go. Man. Exactly. Thank exactly. you so much. And Talk plus, to you guys soon. Yeah, be well. Definitely. You as well. Don't get that corona, man. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm, I'm gonna, I actually kind of wanted to get it so that I can get the antibodies without having to take the vaccine. <laughs> <laughs> like, hey, man. Be the cure. Exactly. And congratulations again, man, on the upcoming baby and, and just everything going on for you, man. Thank you. Thank you. Talk to you guys soon. All right, Thank man. you. You as well. Bye. Bye-bye. Dude. That was so freaking amazing. Oh my gosh, dude. I love this guy and everything about <laughs> right? him. His, his, he is like the epitome of what I'm always trying to talk about with like, you have got to be cocky but humble exactly. there's a fine the line between time. that, right? Like, like, and I liked how he said it. What, what, what did, what did he say with the, with the, um, the the ego it has to be a nice ego yeah exactly you know um a, a generous ego i just i think that's the balance man exactly you, the, the the difference between cocky and humble is that generous ego agree and i i mean i dude he's just so real and the one thing to take away from this interview i think the most important thing that he said throughout is you're never there yeah, exactly. Right? Don't ever think you've made it. Don't ever think you've reached the top. I mean, he's talking about even if he's on a stage winning an Oscar, that's not it. No, it's not You know, I, I think that's the most important thing. Anybody trying to get into this industry, anybody who's in this industry, 
that's the thing to remember. Agreed. Agreed. Oh, my goodness. Thank Man. you again, Bradley Gallo, for coming on the show. All right. Now it is time for our top five segment, and it's only right that this be our top five this week because shit's hitting the fan. Absolutely. So, I mean, it's time to stay inside. It's time to quarantine, and this is top five things to do while during quarantine. <laughs> I mean, that's a good one. First, put on gloves. Exactly. Boom. Two, don't touch your face. Don't do it. No, we're kidding. We've got five real things. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> but um, number five for me, this is prime time for it. Uh, streaming services. That means films, television, short films. This is a prime time to check out anything on your streaming services that you have. And, I mean, try out other streaming services as well. I mean, I've really been wanting to try out uh, Apple TV+. Plus. Yep, so, yep. I mean, the morning show and shit like that, I heard it was really good, and now it's the time to try it. Because it's true. Because you need to be inside as much as possible. Yeah, and uh, um, Reese Witherspoon and Kerry Washington's new one uh, is on Hulu, yeah. so you got some new... I'm personally... And don't be mad at me, but I'm just now watching Lucifer. Yeah. That's right. I said that. Yeah. Just now watching. But okay. I, I'm loving it. And why not? Because now's the time to do it. Exactly. That's a good one. Number five, man. Number five for me, exercise. Definitely. Get back on a regular. It Say you've already blown the New Year's resolution, right? Now you can start over. Yeah. Get on your exercise kit. I've been going out every day, hardcore hitting the trail, you know, doing really catching up on my exercise and trying because healthy mind, man, you have to have a healthy body. So True. It, and you guys, you can do it inside too. You don't have to go out on a trail or an isolated trail. Like maybe you don't have an isolated trail like I do. Do the exercise. There's all kinds of YouTube videos or shit. A lot of people are following. I got a lot of Facebook friends who are posting exercise videos and they're exactly. doing exercise. So you can find a way. Exercise. Exercise. Definitely. Definitely. And you know we're all creatives here. Here at Crazy Ant Media. Right. I mean, we got multiple projects we're working on. Uh, so, right, right is definitely one of mine, uh, number four on top five things to do during quarantine. Right, uh, we got the three projects we need to start working on. And I also like to write some poetry. So, I mean, maybe write a little bit of that as well. Maybe a little dark shit about quarantine. I don't know. I mean, but you fucking, know. I mean, I'm, a, I'm into Edgar Allan Poe. So yeah, I mean, I was just about to say that <laughs> little Edgar Allan Poe shit. Exactly, That'd be great. That'd exactly. Be great. But yeah, man, right. I mean, all that good shit. Yeah. And another one that I'm having a blast with, just picked up a new book. You heard me reference Bob Iger's book. If you listen to the hundredth episode, you know, we, we all read, we all like a bunch of shit. Read. Yes. Get you a new book, catch up on an old book that you put down and didn't finish, you know, read a book. Like we talked about in the show, Josh Gad is reading some children's books, having a lot of fun with it or whatever. That's a great time to do that. I'm reading Call Me Ted, Ted ah, Turner's yeah. autobiography. Yeah. Woo! Intense. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great book. If you guys have, you know, I mean, uh, biography so but uh good shit bro yeah yeah read read number four yeah, for me I have number three for me is read i mean i'm getting into the biography game i mean you got me a kicked on that so uh, i'm looking for somebody else i'm looking for somebody else maybe i'll pick up bob Iger's book borrow Yo, it from me a little gosh, bit um, dude you'll love it or maybe i really like some novels as well be and some some health self-help books as well mental health mm. uh, i mean you can never be too mentally healthy I mean, and it's always a good thing to carry on in life so you can help other people through shit as well. It's true. Absolutely. And uh, we're just flip-flopping here. My number three is right. Exactly. <laughs> uh, as you mentioned, you've been working on the projects. I've been doing some writing on the projects and everything, and we've been working on uh, revisions to the scripts and stuff, just jotting down notes. And you know what also goes into write really well? 
A journal, guys. Yeah. Start a journal if you haven't started a journal. Start doing a daily journal of what you've been doing during the quarantine or how the quarantine is affecting you or, you know, what kind of an impact it's going on in your life. You know, jot this shit down. It's history making for sure. Definitely. So start a little journal. You know, exactly. It's a good way to write. Exactly. And our, I mean, our number twos are kind of the same as well because I love me some Adobe Illustrator and Adobe Photoshop. There so you go. number two for me is create new designs, whether that be for the company or for myself. I just did a design of myself with a camera that looks pretty badass, might I say. See, there you go. <laughs> so, I mean, create new designs on my computer apps. Yeah, and my number two is along those lines, but sketching. Uh, way back in the day as a youngin, I used to draw a lot, you know, and sketch a lot. And so this quarantine has given me the perfect opportunity to repick up the pencil. I went out, got a sketch pad and everything. And uh, I've been drawing for the last yeah. few days, man. If you saw, you know, I dropped the dark night and uh, today it was Garfield and uh, yeah. Snoopy and yeah. Woodstock. And you, you never know what's going I did Dynamite. I even did Jason Ritter. What the fuck? Right. So, I mean, but I'm having a good time with it. So that's something you can do. Express your creative side. Exactly. You know? get, get artistic, man. Exactly. Exactly, and especially try new shit, I feel like. This is a prime time to do it. You have time. Exactly. So why not just try new stuff, research stuff on the internet, think of things that you might be good at, and try it out. I right. mean, you only get one life, and it might be the end. Exactly. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but number one for me is record this podcast, because this is honestly one of the highlights of my week. I love doing this thing with you, man. It's been freaking phenomenal all two years, now on to year three. And Absolutely. I mean, it's honestly so fun each week to talk about the entertainment industry and how it just keeps evolving, especially during pandemics and epidemics like this. Yeah. And, I mean, how it always changes. And, I mean, that's what we want to do. We're in the entertainment industry and we strive for greatness. So yeah. this helps us keep up with the entertainment industry. Absolutely. I enjoy it too. It's definitely the highlight of my week. And, you know, we've learned so much from each other over the two years and, and we get, have fun doing it. Exactly. Because we are blessed and we know we, we are fortunate enough to be doing what we do that we can do it from home. We can do it from the home office. We can write. We can do the artwork. We can do this podcast and, and be able to be quarantined if right. you will or whatever, you know. So do that. You ever wanted to start up a podcast? You ever wanted to, you know, put your opinion out there? Do a YouTube video. Exactly. Do, you know, there's always ways to express yourself and there's always something to do. Exactly. Uh, Anchor's free. Podcast. Yeah. If you want to start a podcast, Anchor is free. Hell so yeah. We'll help out. you out. Reach out. We'll, we'll get you started, man. It'll be good. Exactly. Don't compete with us. No. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Go for, do whatever you want. Exactly. Um, my number one was because as much as the fun side of the business, like I said at the top of the show, it's also a business. So I use the week to catch up on all the corporate shit. Yeah. Get all the corporate paperwork done. Get all the taxes filed. Get all the shit good to go so that, you know, get our, because we got the annual meetings coming up and the shareholders meetings and all that. What the fuck? We have shareholders? What? Um, yeah. Yeah. It, it's so crazy. But I did that. Because there's always something that you're behind on. Agreed. So this is a great time to get caught up on whatever you're behind on. Agreed. There you go. Maybe it's not corporate paperwork. Maybe it's, I don't know, clean the kitchen. Yeah. Move the couch finally and vacuum underneath it. I don't know. Just something. Like, exactly. You know. Exactly. <laughs> oh, my goodness. But it's been a great top five, man. It's been great uh, doing this for, I mean, a year and a half. I think we've been doing the top five for about a year and a half. Yeah. Always doing that. So I'm glad we found that because it lets the people know about our personalities absolutely man absolutely and just drop a little piece of trivia because you know we both read and so just a little trivia today i saw yesterday this week so we'll just say this week but yesterday but this week 
the very first televised Oscars happened. Oh, shit. Yeah. On this right? day in history. They're crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so I just thought that was interesting because so much talk of the Oscars lately and everything, everybody staying inside or whatever. Yeah. That would be cool. Maybe maybe you kick back and watch all the best picture winners. Yeah. That'd be really that'd cool. Be There's an idea. Yeah. The Academy should release that like on their website that'd or something. That'd be cool. Like go on and watch all the best picture yeah. nominees or, you know, or yeah. winners. That'd be epic. I think Parasite was trying to warn us. Uh, maybe. Like, I'm just saying with all this shit and I've been thinking a lot about it. I think Parasite was trying to warn us. I mean, and people are like obsessed with it right now because on Netflix, you know how you can see the top 10 things now or whatever? Pandemic and Outbreak are like the, the oh, top, in, in the top 10. I bet. People are watching that shit. So, yeah. <laughs> like, because they're trying to figure out what the what did Dustin Hoffman do with the chimp? Yeah, like, exactly. what the fuck? What do we do? <laughs> <laughs> Where did Dustin Hoffman use toilet paper? Like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> It's crazy, so man. Uh, but now it is time for the box office recap. Uh, man, it really affected the box office last week. Mm. And it, of course, with the following weeks here to come, I mean, so all we have is the box office recap. We don't have movies, new movies coming out or movies you can still go see. We don't have any of that. No, because you can't. You can't. <laughs> like, you got streaming services. That's all you got. That's but, it. Number one was Onward, which is apparently really good. I hope Disney releases that sooner than expected as well. Yeah, on on the streamer, yeah, because that'd be yeah, exactly. I predicted it to get twenty five to thirty million, and it got ten point six, which was the only movie to break the double digits, yeah. like we said at the top of the show. So exactly. while that was well under estimates, it was well above everybody else. Exactly, so. exactly. Uh, Bloodshot came in at number two, that Vin Diesel flick. I, I predicted that one to be number three, so I got that one wrong. But you can still see that one. I did see the word bloodshot will be online nah. soon They're, they are going to put that one online i so. see i see that one pulled in around 9.2 million i predicted 10 to 15 uh i still believe also came in at 9.1 million so just barely off uh those are the two i got flip-flopped yeah, so yeah. i predicted uh 10 to 15 invisible man came in at number four with around um uh, Six million and five point nine million, um, and then number five was the hunt with around five point three million. Interesting. I know. Interesting. I hope they put. I still believe somewhere it's Little Cam's film debut. Yeah. <laughs> right. Her her acting debut. She's not acting, but she is in it. Yeah. Um. So I hope they put uncredited. That somewhere. <laughs> uncredited. That's <Yeah>. right. <laughs> but we should say um, they are releasing these type of movies on. Um, what was it, HBO and yeah. other places, so you can actually watch these newer movies that just came out, like The Invisible Man and stuff like that, on like on demand and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, you will it's going to be expensive. Yeah, you have to rent them, like as if you were still going to see a movie. They're not just putting them out there for free. But I mean, if you wanted to see it at the theater and you were going to pay for it, you still have an opportunity. I to think see it's a it, little so. crazy, but I kind of understand the price point that they're, they're doing, like nineteen dollars or twenty bucks to yeah. see like The Invisible Man. Yeah, which is understandable. Understandable because you're probably going to watch it with more than one person, so that's like more than one well, ticket in, price. In the, in the big, in the bigger markets, LA and New York, that is the ticket price. Fair so, enough. I mean, you know, I mean, yeah. I guess plus they're losing fucking um, money, so they're probably loads. like, fuck it, we're going to have to put it at the max. It makes I mean, sense. It you makes know, sense. I don't know. It's tough, man. And do it now while you can, because I saw that the World Health Organization has asked Ted Sarandos, uh, or not Ted, uh, Reed Hastings from Netflix, and uh, apparently is reaching out to the other streamers yeah. to lower the quality 
of their of their uh, videos and of the stuff that's on there, so that the broadband can stay active for updates with coronavirus oh, and shit. not be over jammed when it's needed. That's you know? crazy because you know I mean the internet if everybody's packed and it's stuff like that. Um, yeah, so shit, shit shuts down. Yeah, wa- watch it all while you can now because that might be your only outlet and even that might come into play. Exactly. So fuck. I know it's super <laughs> crazy, but uh, yeah, it's flipping on to the next thing, man. Flipping on to the next page. Uh, now it is time for the IMDb. Pro trending segment. Oh man, love the things that uh, Bradley Gallo had to say about the IMDb app and IMDb Pro and things that that is obviously something they pay attention to, but it is not something they live by. Like right. it, it will not right. be the reason you get cast. So I love that. Yeah, I love. I mean, learn so much from that guy. Absolutely, man. I mean, basically, this tool IMDb Pro is like it, it, it's the tool for information. Yeah, if you, it's your go-to source for information. Agreed. And I mean, Gallo stressed that like heavily. That's what they use it for. So agree. And you should too. It's only nineteen ninety nine. It's a bargain. Yeah, check it out, man. Check it out while in quarantine. Um, <laughs> top trending movie <laughs> by no surprise is Spencer Confidential. That yes. is that uh, Mark Marky mark and yeah. our boy uh james, james dumont. dumont yeah on there oh, you can't miss him he's like in this bright ass yellow jumpsuit <laughs> right. plays like a gangster james god bless you man god bless, god bless you. you oh my goodness uh top trending tv show is the outsider hbo's the outsider mm. so check that one out and top trending star is max von sado Mm. Yeah. Oh, because he, he recently just passed. passed. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> and it's so funny that that would happen. Not that he passed. That's not. That's funny. not funny. But uh, that Gallo would bring that up because yeah. he even says that you know in the interview. Uh, you know, you know, if you die, you're number one on the star meter. It's true. It's true. But it makes sense because everybody's looking to either find out who you were or what you died from or like whatever. So that makes sense. Exactly. Exactly. But anyway, guys, thank you so much for tuning in to episode 105 of Inside the Crazy Ant Farm. Uh, thank you again, Mr. Bradley Gallo, for coming on the show and just passing on that piece of advice and bringing all of this information that you know from the entertainment from the entertainment industry to us, so we know now. And yeah, yeah, so and good. and our listeners now also know exactly. So I I love guests like that. Man. Agreed, agreed. Uh, make sure to follow him on social media, Bradley Gallo, everywhere. Everywhere. Um, make sure to follow us on social media at Crazy Ant Media on all. Uh, social media platforms and of course Pinterest where you yes. pin some pretty amazing yes. stuff. I'm an amazing pinner. I'm just saying. Just you know, who knew? <laughs> just saying. Who knew? Who knew? Uh, make sure to follow us both personally on social media. Myself at JLo Fantastic and Crazy Ant Guy. 1970. That's right. That's right. And be sure to subscribe to this podcast anywhere you're listening to your podcast. Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play Music, iHeartRadio, YouTube, visually. We love you. Um, and hands down. Hands down. The best place down. to see our merch. Yeah, like, exactly. Get your freaking Crazy Ant Media, latest and greatest Crazy Ant Media <laughs> gear because they are all freaking amazing. And if you have any input on some of our gear, let us know. You just gave me an idea. I thought this is where you were going and then you didn't do it, but I, this maybe sparked it. Get your ant on. Get your ant on. Get your ant on. Like maybe that's that. a new t-shirt coming. Right? Get your ant on. I, that's, that's what I thought you were about to say. <laughs> now it's a fucking t-shirt. It's going to be a t-shirt. Get your ant on. Exactly. Exactly. But yes, man. Visit our website, crazyantmedia.com. 
all the latest and greatest shit from the company, from ourselves, and from the podcast are on our website. So That's be right. sure to check that out. And something else I th- want to try at the end of uh, every episode now is our reflective thoughts on this episode. Hmm. I hope that next week is less corona. Yes. Yes. <laughs> you know? I hope so too. I hope more people have stayed inside and listened to our podcast, yeah. which in turn would help not spread the coronavirus. Exactly. See, we can do our, we're doing our part. Exactly. I, that's a great reflection. We are doing, with this podcast, we are doing our part yeah. to help stop the spread of yeah. coronavirus. Like I was actually excited to talk about the paralyzed lady for Batwoman because yes, it because was just it wasn't not corona. corona. Yeah. I tell you what though, you know, we didn't even bring this up in our top five, but the, you know, reflecting on it or whatever, we talked about it at the top of the show. Guys, we have been around for two years. This is the start of our third year. Yeah. We have interviewed so many amazing people Seriously. and have been blessed with so Go back and do that. Yeah. Go back and listen to our 104 episodes of Cra- Inside the Crazy Ant Farm you're going to find some really entertaining stuff and you're going to listen to some amazing interviews you with are. some amazing talent of men and women of all di- producers, directors, actors, showrunners, like uh, like Grammy winners, just everybody. All man. different walks of life. Yeah. Like, they all bring in a different perspective of the entertainment industry and some of it's same, some of it's different. Yeah. That's what's amazing and beautiful about this show because you get to hear from all these different opinions and situations of these people. We've got so many people. I love it. Absolutely. And I mean, that that's the one thing I take away from the podcast the most is the what we get to do and who we get to talk to and what we get to learn yeah. every week. Because I mean, we don't know everything. No. Nobody knows everything. Of and you can, you're, you're always learning and growing. And we've had the opportunity to talk to so many amazing people who have been so successful in the industry that we're in. And so to be able to do that and share that with everybody, I, I just, I love that. That's my favorite part of the show. Yeah, seriously, seriously. And before we go, I just remembered this uh, rumor that was going around on social media mm. um, wasn't me uh, yeah it wasn't him wasn't, wasn't him um oprah is not involved in a sex trafficking ring yeah, yeah what the fuck with that <laughs> oprah said i am at home like everybody right? else just trying to get through corona what the fuck is that like what the fuck don't mess with our oprah don't man. do like, it don't do it that's so fucked up that's so fucked but that's why we love oprah, oprah. <laughs>